Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Good morning, everyone, and happy Monday from the Opening Drive on 101 ESPN. Hope you had a great weekend. It's great to have you with us. Brooke Grimsley is here. Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis is here. I'm Randy Carricker. And uh, the weather in St. Louis was spectacular over the weekend. Hope you guys had had a great time. I know CD had uh, uh, not a rough start, but an unfortunate start to the weekend. Yeah. But I'm sure it ascended after that. It was still good. I mean, good. you know, took a loss by two points to a really good team. And things happened, but I was proud of how our team played. It was a good game. And so we got some things to correct. Good thing is it was a playoff environment, but it wasn't a playoff. So he <laughs> got a chance to play again this week. Start that next week. <laughs> so Brooke took uh, some some long walks and did yard work, but didn't know what yeah. the hell you were doing. No, I never do when I do yard work. Yard work is <laughs> you're just uh, out there pulling stuff. Yeah, you know, Dave, David when he gets going on the yard work, he's like going everywhere, and I'm just like, I'll just pull that weed in the corner there, and I I accomplish something. There you I go. was just saying with yard work. I wish I would have paid attention a little bit more when I was growing up of helping my parents because I don't really understand the logistics sometimes of just, you know, like the soil and like grass and growing grass. I didn't understand how much goes into it. And now as an adult, you understand why your parents never wanted to leave the house, right? It's like, we're, we can stay here. We don't need to go out because you put so much time and effort into just yard maintenance where you're like, I just want to stay here and enjoy this. But it was a beautiful weekend. So there are like two or three weeks during the course of the year where my lawn in the front looks spectacular. <laughs> but we have a one-year-old, a relentless one-year-old lab okay. named, uh, what's her name again? It's Maggie. Uh, and Maggie would play ball for 24 hours consecutively if you'd throw the ball to her. And she has worn a track in that backyard because oh, I just throw and throw and throw. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is what the Cardinals need they for their pitchers, just, just to throw every day. And Maggie will get the ball for them. Uh, but man, she is relentless. So um, there's no chance of my backyard ever looking good anyway. So I'm not even going to bother. There you go. She, she she doesn't get tired. She never gets tired. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and I I wondered whether she'd rather eat or chase the ball. I don't know. <laughs> is she food motivated with she tricks is, and stuff mo- like that? Yeah, she's really smart. Yeah, she is motivated, food motivated. But I think she might be more chase the ball motivated. Hmm. <laughs> she had the option between the two. Yeah, <laughs> right. If she, if she had that choice, you know, she's just trying to help aerate your grass. That's what she's doing. Yeah, she's doing a really good job of that. <laughs> So we've got quite a show coming up for you. We're going to talk to Chris Kerber later in the show. we got things we love from the weekend. We've got four downs from the NFL. And you can watch us all morning long on our Air Alliance team studio cam. Just go to YouTube, type in 101 ESPN STL. We'd love to have you subscribe to our channel. And, of course, you can always text us on the Air Company.
Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. Good morning to Opening Drive Nation. A lot to get through here in our opening segment. The Blues rebound with a 4-2 win over the Penguins on Saturday night over at Enterprise Center. Uh, LGB, Brandon Sod scoring mm-hmm. the first goal of the game, and then Evgeny Malkin tying it for Pittsburgh. But Jake Neighbors scoring his first of the year, 539 into the second to give the Blues a lead. Krug's going to get the puck on the near wing. Needs some help, has it. Great support from Shen, then the release to Falk. Three on two. Blues to center. Over the line in the middle to Kapanen. Onto his forehand. What a play! Centers! He scores! Neighbors! Won't you be, won't you be, please won't you be my neighbors. Aww. <laughs> that was, that nice. came at the 539 mark before the period was out. As a matter of fact, just a couple of minutes later, a guy that a lot of you really don't think a lot of made me happy. Penguins pick it up on the cycle. 13.04 to go in the period. Pedersen a shot. Blocked by his own player. Unable to clear. Hayes. Now Torepchenko. Over the line for Sundquist. To Torepchenko. Jari. Back to the point. Pareko Bob score! Colton Pareko let it fly! 3 to 1 Blues! 12.48 to go, second period. What a rip! Thanks, Curbs. Guys, I am fine uh, because I've come to the conclusion that Colton Pareko is what he is, and that's a pretty good player. Is he going to be Chris Pronger? No. Is he going to be Drew Doughty? No. Is he going to be Eric Carlson? No. He's not going to be that sort of offensive player. The comp should be, can he be defensively solid enough and fundamental enough to be like Jay Bowmeister? And I love hearing Curbs say, bomb, scores, because that's what he needs to do. When he uses that shot, he's much more effective. By the way, Brandon Sod scored again, and the Blues win it by a score of 4-2. to two. I thought that that game... This is the <laughs> that team looked like they were alive and well and moving <laughs> fast and all over the place in comparison to the game against the Coyotes where it was like who the hell are these guys? If you could tell me which team is going to show up every single night, I can tell you what this team is going to be and, and where they're going to be at the end of the season. If that team shows up every single night, mm-hmm. they're going to be a really good hockey team. If the team that showed up against the Coyotes, the lethargic and all of those words that we use to describe them, they're going to be a team that doesn't make the playoffs again. So languorous, languorous. Yeah, yes. they, they weren't. So tell me which team is going to show up because I really, I liked how fast they were moving. I like how they didn't turn the puck over as much. They they did everything that they didn't do correct in the game that they had lost before. Kerry yeah. well, Brooke, when you walk into a theater though. You're watching an, like an action thriller. Do you really want to know how it ends? Or would you rather have a, have a movie mystery? No. Hockey. Yeah. I don't want like a twist, like an M. Night Shyamalan twist, gotcha. like what we got with the Coyotes, where you just get absolutely blown out. But I did. I liked their response in this game. This is all very early on, and we're still trying to figure out. I think the Blues are still trying to figure out what exactly their identity is at this moment. And I think for them to respond in that way is good, because I felt like there was times last season where their response the next game was was not great. Brandon Saad, fantastic. They kept mm-hmm. talking about afterwards his sneaky speed, and you were able to see that on display. And I was wondering how long Barubi, of course, we're waiting for Pavel Buchnevich to return, how long he was going to keep Brandon Saad with that top line. But I think he adds such a different element to that top line that they does. need, because guess what? He's not afraid to go to the net. 
I think that that's something that is very important to especially adding that to that line with Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas. And he provides a consistent defensive conscience yes. that isn't there consistently with Buchnevich not in the lineup. So Blues win 4-2. They go to Winnipeg, take on the Jets tomorrow night, 645 pre here on 101 ESPN. Also, this weekend at City Park, the finale of the regular season for City SC. They fall to the Sounders 2-0. Seattle scoring twice in the first half despite City getting the better looks. And City doesn't break through uh, with their defense for anything, and the Seattle defense for anything in the second half. And City finishes fourth in the Supporters' Shield. That's like the President's Trophy in hockey, I think. It is, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, and uh, some, for some people, that's more important. Not for us. We some wanna people. Win. We want to no. win the Cup. Yeah. And we will face the winner. And Matthew kind of called this. Uh, we we're Sporting Kansas versus the San Jose Earthquakes. You kind of want the, the Sporting Kansas to win this, don't you? I want Sporting Kansas for to the win rival. this. Yeah. For the rivalry. Yes. You smoke it. them. That's yeah. what you want. So much. Oh yeah. yeah. There's just that's that's all I want is is a, is a shot at, at Kansas City at City Park. You know, just who? Yeah, sport, sporting Kansas. Thank you. Sorry. There you yeah. go. Sporting uh, Kansas. A Rock. shot at them at City Park. You know, maybe maybe a nice little four-one easy one at City Park, and then you know finish it out with a with a, with a nice two-one victory over at their place. <laughs> I like there that. You. I like that. Rock, you were at the game this past weekend. Match. At, at the match. Excuse me. Hey, if Cardell can say game, I'm going to say game. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Car- Coach Cardell with what he says. You were at the match Thank slash you. game this past weekend. First of all, the atmosphere looked great. The tifo looked fantastic. Awesome. It looked like it was like the width of the supporter section uh-huh. but what did you think of the speed of the game because i think a lot of people were kind of a little worried about this being how they're going into the playoffs because you lose you lose two nil i thought nielsen looked fantastic defensively yep. and maybe that was the thing is that it was more defensive highlights and offensive highlights yeah i mean again they got they get the looks in the first half and if they score one of them it changes the complexion of the game and all of a sudden maybe you know maybe it's one oh early and all of a sudden you know the sounders are playing a completely different way and then it's a completely different game and so i mean they were getting looks early and it's just they're not the kind of team that that's good at coming back because they're getting a lot of their goals from transition press counter press in the open field and those plays don't happen when your team has a 2-0 lead on you early they're going to sit back a little bit more drop people back not not play as aggressively and and it's hard to break things down so i mean if they give up an early goal that's problematic for them yeah it really is go sc as they fall to seattle but the playoffs start in the league championship series in the national league the phillies with a chance to eliminate arizona they'll play game six back at philadelphia tonight meanwhile the rangers and astros will play game seven after houston had salvaged a win the other night jose altuve hitting a three-run homer in the ninth to send them to the brink of eliminating the rangers the rangers bounced back last night it was a 5-2 game still in the balance in the ninth inning when this guy stepped up. Base is only one gone in the ninth. Stanek's one one. It is thrilled on a line. Left field and gone! Adonis Garcia makes his statement. And the Rangers have their sights set on game seven. Now I'm wondering, I, I think as the Cardinals traverse this offseason, I think that's a guy that the Cardinals might be interested <laughs> you know what, in. I, I heard that there was talks of him potentially maybe being here at some point. So awesome to have a guy like that in our guys, or, guys, what, what's going on? They they used to have him here. Him, in, him exactly? Yeah, Dolis Garcia used oh. to be a Cardinal. Whoa. 
Oh, no. Uh, oh, oh, no. no. Okay. Well, well, then we'll have to go back to the drawing board from a couple of years ago and hope okay. that they can get that guy from Tampa that was so good for them. No. Yeah, Rose, the, the, the Randy guy? Yeah. Randy. Rosa. 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 So hopefully we can. No. All things fair, if the Astros lose in game seven, do they kick themselves for not getting a Dolores Garcia after all the teams in baseball passed him up on the waiver wire? Do you think the Astros are saying, man, I don't we really could have used this guy. We should know him better than everybody. Yeah, I don't know. But you know what? It's, it really comes down to pitching. And fortunately for the Cardinals, they, they have a guy that desperately wants to be <laughs> oh, here. You Mike. know they're going to engage. And Bruce Bochy, uh, I don't know why I'm getting off on that sort of a tangent. Bruce yeah. Bochy was asked who his Game 7 starter is going to be. First of all, Max is starting. So... <laughs> He gets a nod tomorrow. And we've talked about this so many times. Uh, during the season, we've had our ups and downs. We, we've had some tough streaks, uh, injuries. But these guys keep getting up, and they keep bouncing back. And it's about being resilient in this game because it doesn't it doesn't matter if it happens or not. It's, it's more how you handle it. And, and so these guys have done a great job of you know, putting that behind them. And, you know, tough loss in game five. And, you know, this is a must win. I just love the way they responded and, and went out there and put together a great ball game. Lou Brown sounds amazing. <laughs> sounds great, he's, yeah. he's doing a great job of getting that pitching staff with Wild Thing together. You know, they, they've been doing a fantastic job. I'm just I'm expecting that he's wearing like a Western hat while, yeah. while he's doing that. Max Scherzer is starting. First of all, Max yeah. is starting. Next <laughs> that must be, as a Rangers fan, that must be pretty cool to hear. Yes. Yeah, we got game seven. Yeah, well, Max Scherzer's going to start for us. Yeah. It's pretty pretty cool. So that game is tonight, and uh, nothing like a game seven. And Scherzer on the mound. That'll be epic. Uh, and let's. we got to – who's going for Houston? Do we have that yet? I know we do. Uh, it should is be it Javier. Javier? It Javier? should be Javier. Yeah. Yes. Scherzer right. and Javier. Uh, college football over the course of the weekend. Mizzou moves to number 16 in the country. There with you their go. 34 12 win over South Carolina. M I Z here. No, thank you. <laughs> Z-O-U carries Z-O-U. I don't know what those letters. Uh, mean. The, so Heather Dinich put a piece together that ran yesterday at ESPN.com. Seven one-loss teams and their chances to play in the Final Four. And amazingly, and, and obviously they were, the, I think, think second to last of the seven teams. But Heather says, hey, yeah, if the if the uh, Tigers win out, they could do it there. It's likely that they're not going to win out, but here we are sit, sitting at seven and one after eight weeks of the season. To be able to say that is pretty cool. I think just to be able to say that you are able to accomplish this, and the way that they were able to beat South Carolina too was just in such a dominant fashion, mm-hmm. and that's what I liked. I mean, their approach to the game. We we talked about how bad South Carolina's pass defense was and just how woeful, but. Mizzou, they said, you know what, if you're the most dominant team, we're just going to show you everything. And they basically just ran the ball down their throats, essentially. Cody Schrader was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then you had Luther Burden, of course, doing Luther Burden things. And then their defense was dominant. For Mizzou, you have to give them all the credit in the world. I was not truly expecting this this season, and that's just me underestimating Eli Drinkwitz and bringing in Kirby Moore. I think Kirby Moore was a huge <laughs> asset. And then the growth of Brady Cook, I think, has a lot to do with this, too, and the offensive weapons around him with Luther Burden and Cody Schrader. That's probably been the biggest step, just what Brady Cook has been able to do, yes. taking care of the football, getting guys the ball in a timely manner. 
that's what you want from your quarterback, not turning it over and getting it to your playmakers. You usually have success when that happens. Now, I said it last week, Mizzou has everything in front of them. Mm -hmm. They want to be more than just the SEC East champs, which they can be if they beat uh, Georgia next week. And they have a chance to go to the SEC championship game and win that. So, yeah, everything is in front of them right now. Everything that they want is in front of them. They have no one else to blame, no one else to look to. Look in, or look inside yourself, figure out how to get it done, and go get it done. This is the best Mizzou offensive line since Josh Heupel and Glenn Ellerby were here, too. It's been half a dozen years since the offensive line has played this well. So congratulations to Eli and the gang. Seven and one. They have a week off before they take on Georgia. Illinois was off, right? This week, they, they uh, Might as well have been. Yeah. <laughs> we, lost. we lost to Wisconsin 25-21. Things are not going well man, for Illinois. You know what, man? I, I said it last year. You have to strike while the iron is hot. Illinois had a really good team mm-hmm. last year. They were, I think, 6-1 and one at one point. And, you know, same kind of trajectory that, that Mizzou was on. And they took a turn for the worst. They lost to Michigan State. They lost to Purdue. Two games that they shouldn't have lost. And then they ended up losing at Michigan uh, later on in the year, a game that they could have won. So, you know, you have – these opportunities where everything is in front of you. I literally watched this same thing unfold last year for Illinois where we were in the running for Big Ten West champs, and so we didn't finish it and ended up, you know, going to a bowl game, but not the one we should have went to. And this game was a microcosm of that, right? Up 21-7 heading into the fourth quarter. It just is what it is, man. Wisconsin outscores you 18-0 in the fourth. It's just a bummer. Uh, USC, by the way, eliminated from title contention with their loss uh, the other night to uh, Utah, 34-32. If you stayed up late for that one, disappointing for USC. And Ohio State and Penn State with a slugfest. Ohio State wins it over Penn State 20-12. And there we're off and running here on 101 ESPN. Coming up... Things we love from the weekend on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Here's what we loved about the weekend on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Brooke Crimsley, what do you got? Number two. I'm going to start with City SC. I know that we talked about earlier this is not exactly the way that you wanted to end things where you lose 2-0. But still, uh, just reflecting on this regular season for City SC and everything that you have accomplished and that you will continue to accomplish. Seeing the atmosphere just this season, I mean, that's something that you couldn't even have dreamed of. Whenever they're building that stadium, when they're building City Park and seeing this really come into play and then the product that they have built this season, I really hope for a long playoff run. But just to see everything that's been created this year is really, really special. And I think St. Louisans feel very lucky. And I hope that the team understands just how much people love them here. Guys, just walking around, as I told you, I was walking around outside a lot. I see City SC stuff everywhere. I see City SC flags. I see people wearing City SC shirts. It's just really fun to see how much the city always embraces every single sport that comes in, but especially in the manner you have such a rich soccer history here, and to see this all play out this way, I'm just really excited for the future of City SC. 
It is something uh, to be excited about and look forward to. I think they are, hopefully the Cardinals can figure some things out, but if not, they are the boys of summer. <laughs> yeah. Until, the, there you go. further notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, my number one, or excuse me, number two is going to be eh, the Pittsburgh Steelers going out to Los Angeles and getting there a There you go. Here we are sitting at four and two. Good uh, home crowd there. Good home crowd for the Steelers. I mean, we, we, we pack the house. You know, mm-hmm. we, we show up and show <laughs> out no matter where we are. Um, but here they are, number two in the division, right behind Baltimore, sitting at two and oh the only undefeated team in the in the division right now so uh pittsburgh playing well figured some things out got deontay johnson back figured out how to get your guy in the end zone Najee harris thank you <laughs> still lost, but he finally his I, first touchdown of the season i know that doesn't uh, even Najee seem Harris's real madness but the, the the pittsburgh steelers playing really well tj white interception they're playing well defensively hopefully figuring some things out offensively and uh can go forward. They got to catch. Baltimore looked really good, though. I was telling these guys, well, oh, Baltimore can yeah. easily be undefeated, and they're really, they're, they will be a snoopful yes. for yes. whoever has to face them in the yes, playoffs if they stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, guys, since Kerry won't say it, I will. Uh, my number two for the weekend is the secret handshake between Taylor Swift and Brittany oh, Mahomes. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, you know what? I was thinking this weekend of how I would fit that into a conversation. I was like, we got to talk Do about you know it. How frustrated I was when I'm flipping back and forth. And the first when I because I was going back before the, between the games, hadn't seen that Taylor was at the game, and then the, 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 the Travis Kelsey makes a big play. Who do they cut to? Come on. Hey, you got to show it. Did you, did you see that they also made a graphic? And I love this. Is they also made a graphic of like how well Travis Kelsey has been doing since they've been publicly dating oh and they compared before Taylor Swift <laughs> and after and it's oh just it's so and we got a Jackson Mahomes sighting that was now I did see him he looked a little awkward and uncomfortable in that environment maybe he's you know but he was there he was there it was intriguing speaking of what Brooke's saying right now with with Taylor Swift in attendance Travis Kelsey is averaging 108 receiving yards per game when she is not at the game Carrie he's averaging 46 and a half there you go who are they playing in those other games doesn't matter. It's a love story. It's happening. No, we're going to ignore that. We're going to ignore that. One of the games, they kind of like cut his game he, he short. Didn't play so one game, the Lions game. So I, I don't know. My uh, number one. one. Is going to be last night's game, ALCS. Guys, that was incredible. The final score really wasn't indicative of what a nail-biting performance it was for the Rangers to beat them 9-2. to We already talked about earlier, Adolis Garcia, that grand slam. But everything leading up to that, the amount of booze that he got because everything that has happened beforehand, struck out four times. Yes. But then he did that when it mattered most, that grand slam. But also my other favorite moment was that whole Leclerc situation in the eighth inning. I was sweating bullets watching that moment play out bases loaded jam with one out and he was able to figure it out I was thinking in my head I was like how would the Cardinals have handled this situation would that be a moment that you'd bring in Andre Pallante to induce the ground ball and then just blow the game <laughs> I'm sorry I'm just saying Andre Pallante is still waking up he, he Daisy. anyways early. that was fantastic for Leclerc and the Rangers bullpen not great we knew that coming in but the way that they were able to figure it out. Josh Spores and that whole situation with Jordan Alvarez, too. Guys, that was absolutely insane. And then Avaldi, fantastic he was, he performance was really from him. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited that we are getting a Game 7 out of this because we deserve it. 
I, I agree. We we do. The fans deserve it because that is an outstanding series. Um, and it, they put up a stat how terrible the Astros have been at home this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's, they have a losing record at home. It's intriguing that they are where they are right now despite that. Both teams play better on the road. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Madness. It's weird. My number one is going to be our first ever Friday night game at Hazelwood Central. In Hazelwood Central history, a great game. Unfortunately, we came out on the losing end of a 21-19 loss against a very good team in Eureka. But our kids fought their butts off, played extremely well, uh, and the environment was great. It was. It's fun. It's a. Uh, it's special to you know finally have Friday night lights at our home. We've gone for years to other teams, uh, venues, and been a part of their Friday night lights. But to have our first and our own. Uh, was a spectacular moment. Congratulations to you, too, because I know it wouldn't have happened without you. Oh, you well, you drove that. that bus of getting lights for all of the Hazelwood schools. So congratulations to you, too. And that's awesome that uh, that the Hazelwood kids, uh, obviously Hazelwood Central, but East and West, that they get to experience yep. Friday Night Lights. Yep. Special, special moment. Pretty cool. Uh, guys, my number one is this. is it, We show again what an incredible sports town we are. You wanted a sports ticket on Saturday night? Well, they had 22-423 sellout at City Park. They had 18-096 sellout at Enterprise Center. Uh, we just show up. It, it doesn't matter. We had a horrible performance for the Blues against Arizona. I think even the Blues would agree with that. And... City is headed towards the playoffs. People are going to show up, but we just do. And if you look around sports, there are very few, if any, cities that show up for every single game like we do here in St. Louis. We should be really proud as sports fans that we do what we do on a regular basis. And shame on the NFL because we showed up for that, too. You know, there was never a single game in 21 years the Cardinals and the Rams played on the same date 19 times. 19 out of 19, including Game 5 of the 2013 World Series, the Rams outdrew the Cardinals. Ooh. Wow. Even that's and, and that's crazy. 2013. That's through 15 and 65. Through the worst five-year stretch in the history of the league, there was never a date in which the Rams and the Cardinals played on the same date. And I think 18 of 19 were head-to-head, and the Cardinals outdrew them. And there was another Mets playoff game, too, uh, Cardinals-Mets playoff game that the, the Rams outdrew them. What year did that 15 and 65 start? 07, 08, 09, 10, 11. That's terrible. Yeah. That's tough. Cleveland had to go 0-16 to tie it. (laughs) Yeah, and they did. So those are the two 15 and 65s in the history of the league. All right. That is what we loved about the weekend here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we've got NFL four downs, and uh, we did a little Mr. Rogers earlier. We're going to do a little Sesame Street next on 101 ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. 
Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. All right, time for four downs from the National Football League. First down. (laughs) First down. Mine is going to be, I like a good story, guys. I like a good unsung hero or, you know, somebody, an unlikely hero. How about this? You had the Raiders and Bears battle of the backup quarterbacks this past weekend, and an unlikely hero emerged in Tyson Bajent. You know Tyson Bajent, right, guys? Oh, yeah. him. Yeah, from Shepherd University the, due the to powerhouse. Shepherd. Yeah, mm-hmm. powerhouse. Yep. But... He did exactly what the Bears needed to him in that game. It was a very simple game plan, but it was well executed. He didn't do anything necessarily exactly spectacular, but he did what the Bears needed him to do in that situation. He went 21 for 29 with 162 yards and a touchdown. But most importantly, he didn't have any turnovers, which is a huge thing for him. And when the game plan essentially just needed a game manager, he was the employee of the week, guys. He was. And he, he deserved that award. I just loved his interview afterwards, too, and just his mindset. And I know what Rock mentioned this during the break. I saw that interview, too, where he was asked about what he would be doing if he wasn't a quarterback or if he was in the NFL. And he said, I'd probably just be crossfitting my life away. His dad, also a 28-time world arm wrestling champ. Did you guys see that interview with his dad? It's pretty cool. Yeah. I wonder if that's like 28 years or if they have the championship every twice a year or something I like that. I have no idea. But that's pretty impressive either yes. way. 28. That's a lot of championships like, to win. I like a good story like that. And so will it be sustainable? Who knows? And what will happen with the Bears and Justin Fields in the future? And also what in the world is going on with the Raiders? My God. Yikes. <laughs> that's so bad. Yeah. It's not a happy situation. No, it's no. not. But congrats to Tyson Bajent really putting Shepard University on the map. Good for him. Good, good for for the Bears to find a win, find a victory somehow, mm-hmm. some way. Uh, playing the Raiders probably helps with that. Yeah, but Josh McDaniels, <laughs> uh, we we learned that well in 2010. Yeah, they are they are bad. He yeah. was the D two Heisman winner too, yeah. by the way. Tyson or Tyler? Tyson. Tyson. Bajan. Second down. Uh, my number, my second down is going to be the old Patriots versus the Buffalo Bills. Mm. And man, Ooh, listen. Man. As much as we have talked about the Buffalo Bills and their championship window, uh, 
That, that's the window closing. Uh-huh. It's closing very quickly up there in Buffalo. This is a team that a few years ago was a an overtime rule away from playing in an AFC championship game and seems like they are so far away from that right now. You can't go into New England and lose in that manner to a team that was 1-5 at that point. And, and you're supposed to be one of the elite teams in the AFC. Josh Allen turns the ball over too many times. Mm-hmm. I was listening to uh, Unsportsmanlike on the way in, Evan, Michelle, and, and Chris Canty, and Evan said that Josh Allen has never had back-to-back games in his entire career with zero turnovers. Wow. wow. Back-to-back games in his entire career without either fumbling the ball or throwing an interception in his entire career, meaning every game he's pretty much turning the ball over, giving it to the other team. And and if he doesn't do it in one game, you can guarantee it is going to happen the next game. It's ridiculous the, the amount of turnovers that he has. Um, everyone is looking at Stephon Diggs, wondering what is going on. I think Stephon Diggs just wants to win. He wants to be a part of the victory, but he wants to win. And he's seeing how what I just saw, that dang on window closing, and he's mm-hmm. probably getting frustrated because he's he's on the, on the back end of his career. Well, let's – a shame. That's not great. Now, uh, also in that game, by the way, Bill Belichick continues that relentless march towards 347 wins. He gets number 300, so he's uh, he'll eclipse uh, Don Shula. Let's see. Never. His, uh, he won't. It's he 2023, 20, 20, 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's not going to stick around that long, I don't uh, think. I don't think so either. Third down. All right, guys. Uh, we've all heard it. One of these things is not like the others. One of these things doesn't belong. Can you tell which thing is not like the other by the time I finish this song? Guys, we could envision Lamar Jackson going to the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. Could could happen. Uh, Lamar yesterday became the fourth player in NFL history to record at least 350 passing yards, three touchdown passes, a rushing touchdown, and a passer rating of 150-plus in a single game. Okay, 350 passing yards, three touchdown passes, a rushing touchdown, and a passer rating of 150 or higher in a single game. He joins Drew Brees, who's going to the Hall of Fame. He joins Aaron Rodgers, who's going to the Hall of Fame. And he joins... Ryan Fitzpatrick as the fourth guy to accomplish that feat. Very nice. Uh, yeah, congratulations to Lamar, but congratulations for Ryan to Ryan Fitzpatrick for being in that company. Lamar and the Ravens are scary. They lost a game in overtime. They blew a lead against Indy. Matt Gay hit four 50-yard field goals in that game against Indy. They had a late lead against Pittsburgh and frittered that lead away with some bad special teams. The Ravens very easily could be undefeated. Now they've got their center, Tyler Linderbaum, back. They've got their left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, back. They've got Marlon Humphrey back at cornerback. They've got a healthy Lamar Jackson. They're a team that is going to be a force to be reckoned with for everybody in this league. I agree. I, I, just watching them, what, this is the offense that I have been waiting on to see from Baltimore. Just the ability to get guys open, make big plays downfield. You saw Odell Beckham Jr. sighting. Zay Flowers is is still being a stellar, is becoming a, a superstar receiver in this league. And Mark Andrews is already a superstar. So you got guys, and they ran the ball pretty well as well. So 
this is a team that when they are hitting on all cylinders, they are a scary team because you you got the X factor at quarterback, which he still has the ability to run, even though he's not having as many quarterback runs as he's had in the past. He's showing people that wanted him to be a wide receiver that asked him to run with the wide receivers at the combine mm-hmm. that I am a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I have been an MVP at this position and I am going to lead my team to some uh, some playoff some some deep runs in the playoff this season. And defensively, too, that was a dominant performance. Jerry Goff mm-hmm. was sacked, what was it, five times yeah. in yeah. that game? What that, does it say about really the Lions? The and Lions. that's what I was going to say. I, the Lions, I think, looked pretty good. And then you see this game, you're like, oh, that's a very humbling experience. And that that's what I was thinking of for fourth down. Fourth down. Guys, both the Lions and the Dolphins, welcome to the big time. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. When the lights Hello. are shining the brightest. Yeah. Yep. Those are two big tests that they both failed this past weekend. Yeah. Big Tremendously. Time. Yeah. yeah. It was the, the I can give well, I mean, they both play really good teams, right? And they both play really good teams on the road. So Miami had to go to Philadelphia, you know, on Sunday night. That's a tough challenge to to try to win there. Detroit it was intriguing. Baltimore took the ball on the opening kickoff. Like, they wanted to receive. Yeah. And that was kind of, to me, that was a signal. We don't want those guys to get any confidence and score first. We want to score first, put them behind the eight ball, make, make them have to go the length of the field, see if they can play from behind. Uh, and they just kept scoring, Baltimore did. And Detroit never could get anything anything going offensively. They had three three and outs, I believe, on their first few drive, on their first three drives. And just not... Just never got really, really going in the manner in which they have all season. The guys from the 99 Rams, the greatest show on turf team, say that the best thing to happen to them was to go get slapped around in the first half at Tennessee. They fell behind 21 nothing at halftime. Then they rebounded and had a chance to send the game into overtime. Jeff Wilkins missed a field goal because he was roughed. It was horrible officiating. But they proved to themselves, okay, we can play with anybody. We can go on the road and play with a good team. Right. Obviously, Detroit didn't prove that so no. to themselves yesterday. And... I'll be interested to see how they perform next week. I still love them. I I still think they're great. I think they're right. I, I think they're very, very good. Right on the edge of being great. I'll be interested to see what they do in their next game. Yeah, I, I still think uh, the 49ers and the Eagles are the elite class of that NFC conference. I think they're number three, the Detroit Lions are. But that was a tough loss in the, win, in the manner in which they lost against the uh, Baltimore Ravens yesterday. And by the way, let's uh, let me find that. Uh, the Lions schedule here to see who they play next game. Uh, they are um, oh, it's Vegas, so they've got a little reprieve oh. on, uh, on Monday Night Football <laughs> next them. week. Yeah, a Hall- makes life uh, easier. Yeah, night before Halloween, yeah. So it'll be Detroit and the Raiders. And the oh, Raiders. That's, that's the best way to get back on the right side. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> NFL four downs on 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. Tioli, next for you on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? We'll put it out there. You can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text into 314-399-9646 and give us your take it or leave it. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. And Carrie and Matthew, I'm Randy. It's the opening drive on 101 ESPN. And tonight we have the Vikings and 49ers. 
uh, here on Monday Night Football on 101 ESPN. And of course, you also have Game 7 between the Rangers and the Astros. Uh, get your text in now, by the way, to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. Guys, take it or leave it. For an avid sports fan, watching Max Scherzer in a Game 7 is must-see TV. Oh, I'm going to take oh, that. Take it. Mad Max, yeah, Game the, 7. Competitive he's as he built is. for that. Yeah, he is. I'm excited. I am too. I don't know how good he's going to be. Yeah. You know, I remember, I, and this is just the way legends are. 2012, the Cardinals go, uh, 2012 NLCS, Cardinals go back to San Francisco. And it was after the Barry Zito game. They easily could have won the series. But Zito just shut them down in Game 5. But they go back to... Uh, San Francisco for Game Six, and Chris Carpenter, who had had the the rib removed, the, we dubbed him Baseball Jesus mm. at that point. But I was absolutely convinced that he was going to shove against the, the the Giants. He did not. He got roughed up. It was, I think, his last major league start. He shouldn't have been out there. But he just because of his history, he made me believe Max Scherzer was the same way. I don't care that he's been hurt and he's only made one start in more than a month. I believe because it's Max Scherzer. I think the only thing that would make this better is if if Justin Verlander was playing. Oh yeah, like that would be. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, then the people in New York would, would probably well, they, their there. heads would explode. Right? <laughs> yeah, their probably, heads would explode. probably all at the same time. Yeah, yeah but I, I think that's the only thing that would make it better. But I think it's going to be a great game. Game seven, exciting, everything on the line. If you don't win, you go home and you know. Winner goes to the World Series. Okay, one other one then. Okay. Take it or leave it. You like Max's brown eye better than his blue eye. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> blue eyes. I don't even know what to blue say. Are Wait, are you going to pick the blue eye? Yeah, I, I go I go with blue eye. Blue eyes are, are there, blue there's blue something. Eyes are cool. It's uh, I forgot what they said. There's like a deficiency when you have blue eyes. It's uh, They have a hard time looking at the light rare. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. To me, like a, brown eyes are more elite because of that. If there are light, I also have brown eyes. Like <laughs> hazel. I got brown eyes, but they you can't tell. Like, you know, yeah. uh, he's uh, and it's called heterochromia when you have different colored eyes. Pretty uh, cool. And he's all of his dogs. I think he's got four dogs that all have different colored eyes. The hetero, they all have heterochromia. Oh. And they probably got teased a lot as a kid too. I would think. And so. then. You grow up and say, now look at me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> look at me now. Those two Kids eyes had no trouble <laughs> reading $210 million when I signed <laughs> that contract. Yeah, exactly. Uh, pretty cool. So there was a uh, recruit from Miami, kid, high school kid from Miami, that made a commitment to the University of Miami, and then he flipped his decision to uh, Florida State. Take it or leave it. Miami uh, lost this product because of their decision in Miami, Christ- Mario Cristobal, his decision versus Georgia oh. Tech. That kid said, ain't no way I'm going to go play for a coach that doesn't know how to take a knee. I'm going to take that. Yeah. I might take it. And the fact that it also has happened before, I know that yeah. they won that game in 2018 in that situation, but still, the fact that it happened, happened before you should have learned. more than enough. Right. Yeah. Now, what about also the fact that Miami had another quarterback that had committed and a $13 million NIL deal oh, fell yeah. apart. Yeah, that was, uh, that's it's not great. Yeah. Good God. So uh, kids talk and they know, okay, am I really going to get this money? Yeah. No. no. And is my coach going to take a knee and not yeah, do that with me? Yeah. <laughs> that's important. So that's, you're not crying gonna, on national yeah. television for bad reasons. That's the worst coaching move of the whole year, right? It's, we've still got a In few a months few left. In a few years. Yeah, it was I, horrible. I can't think of that anything. I mean, you could probably throw something Brandon Staley in, did. Yeah, pick, yeah. Pick, pick one, but you lost the game. Like, and mm-hmm. all you had to do was take a knee and get out of there. 
See, but the, I, I look, and yes, that is because the game was won. It was over, right? So we we could, I can throw out Tori Lavolo taking out Brandon Fott, and it doesn't come close. No, no, because, because the game the was game, won. The game yeah. was won, and you lost it because you chose not to take a knee. Well, we're talking about some bad things, and it got me thinking, guys. One of the worst trades we've talked about some really bad trades. One of the worst trades ever, in my opinion, in recent memory, when it comes to the NFL. Is this team named the Titans trading away AJ Brown? Yeah. Oh my God! I was in pain. I was in pain last night. I've been in pain since they've traded him, and obviously Robinson lost his job, and rightfully so in Tennessee because of it. But what in the world were the Titans thinking? That is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And AJ Brown is just absolutely flourishing. He's balling, and the Titans could use a guy like that. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I didn't know that you were hurting when I sent that text last night. No, yeah. I was hurting. I, yeah. I was I was hurting. I was in a lot Man of pain. Alive. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think the Titans should have probably paid them. But well, I know. think yeah, that's that makes sense. Neither ne- 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 <laughs> there, but he's pretty good for this Philadelphia Eagles team. So yeah. uh, the longest streak in NFL history with 125 plus receiving yards is now shared by Hall of Famer Calvin Johnson and AJ Brown. Hmm. So you guys are going to take it. It's one of the. Well, he didn't. Have, he wouldn't have had. Oh, he wouldn't have had a. He wouldn't have had as much much success. Somebody did, and I tweeted about AJ Brown last night, and that was one of the first replies. It's like, well, it's not like Ryan Tannehill would have done with there it. But anyways, I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. true. Good point. It's very true. Look at him pushing. Uh, yeah. he, they literally picked Jalen Hurts up and pushed him. AJ Brown. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, so take it or leave it. That is worse than any trade the Cardinals have made in the last. Eight years. Ooh, the AJ Brown trade. Yeah, very so got, different situation. You've got Alcantara and Ooh. Gallon. You've got a Rosarena. Okay, so is AJ Brown a future Hall of Famer? Be, could be. could be. Are any of those other guys Hall of Famers that the Cardinals traded away? Could be. I think a Rosarena and Alcantara, Alcantara have chances. Well, there's definitely a lot more. Well, the Titans have just such a bad history one with trades and then also too if you couple that with some of the decisions they made drafting wise right you know what else is interesting Brooke is doing immaculate grid you can always find how they had a washed up veteran they've had so many washed up veterans on their team you you, Randy Moss Julio Jones Adrian Peterson it's where where the where they go to where die? Yeah. Go to die? Yeah. yeah, kind of. That retirement. I'm I'm thinking about how that meme. Do you guys remember when we were talking about it earlier in the season when they got Hopkins about mm-hmm. where it was like oh. a nursing home for <laughs> yeah. Does he do anything? He's there. I don't well, know if he wants to be there. Randy Ma- they have had some some guys. Yes, yeah. yes, CD. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good names. Goodness, this Jersey. Jerry Rice should have went there. All right. Yeah, there. right. That would have fit. Yep. Isaac Tory. Yep. Yeah, somebody. Tennessee. Uh, all right, Matthew, what do you got on the text line? Take it or leave it. If Travis Kelsey keeps playing at this pace ta- with Taylor Swift in attendance, you might as well just make her the assistant coordinator. I'll take oh, it. Oh, my God. Leave I it. mean, Eric Bieniemy couldn't do it, so I guess Taylor Swift has to. <sighs> no, thank you. Swifty. Nah, I appreciate it, though. A lot of marketing going on here. <laughs> yeah, a lot of, a lot of pulling the wool over a lot of people's eyes. Mm-hmm. What's going on here? No, Take, it's true love. Yeah, it, yeah sure true love, Carrie, exactly. Love. Take it or I leave it. I think that's it. a pink song. Oh. <laughs> Have you seen 
Uh, okay, you know, whatever. No, what are we going to say? Have Go you ahead. seen any public displays of affection <laughs> other than holding, holding hands? They were holding hands. <laughs> what? Carrie. Her, Rock, give Carrie. me a hand. She, uh, no. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Carrie, she was in. She was <laughs> what in the, does that mean? She got in the car first, <laughs> and then she pulled him into the car by the back of his shirt. Oh, oh. I'm sorry, Carrie. There's only one reason you'd be doing that, all right? Uh, they were holding on to each other at a bar. Heavy petting. Ooh, cool. Okay. It's nice. real. It's true. My oh, it seventh is. grade teacher and you told know what? me heavy petting leads to bad Raised things, by good parents, her in Philadelphia, he in Ohio, yes. uh, Mama Kelsey and Mama Swifty. Uh, Taylor named after James Taylor because her parents foresaw her Just future. Just a small town. <laughs> this is too much. I, I, this is beautiful. The cover of Madden 24 with Taylor Swift on it. And then Saunders. Did you bring up Saunders' brother? I was on mm-hmm. tour with her. You brought that yeah. up? Oh, yeah. yeah. Kalen Saunders' yeah. You know, brother yeah. Cam is, is one of his dancers. Berkeley Central. Little Diddy. Very nice. There you go. So you, we can localize everything. <laughs> we can localize everything. <laughs> Take it or leave it. The first ever greatest show on turf was the 85 Cardinals. 80. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. Okay. 85. Why, why is 85, 85 Cardinals? Woo, that was a pretty great show on turf. Oh, yeah. yeah. 314 stolen bases. That was yeah. uh, Vince. That was real Billy, turf. Ozzy. That was yeah. carpet. Yeah, that was fun. That was, <laughs> was fun. Take it or leave it. The Dolphins and Lions are now on fraud alert after this weekend. Leave it. I'm going to leave it to yeah. this one game versus uh, very two two very good teams that they played I, on the road. I, I will classify Tua as a stud. I think so. And, and that game changes. Tyreek Hill is going to walk into the end zone and is trying to catch the ball and hits it with his knee, pops it out. He's going to walk in, in, into the end zone. That changes that game. They, had to, uh, they went for it on fourth down, got a face mask, but they didn't call it. By the so way, that changes. Do you think Miami is not that they're bad, but I think they're significantly different if they have Teron Armstead, if he's not hurt, if he's uh, playing left tackle. And he probably. They're, they're I off, mean, their offensive line last night was oh okay, but man, there was a lot of pressure. They are they are playing the best defense and the yep. best defensive line mm-hmm. in the league. The Philadelphia Eagles are are stout Fierce. up front. Brooke, I apologize for this one, but take it or leave it. The Titans are the NFL's angels where stars oh. go to die. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't think that we can uh, dispute that. Yeah. No. <laughs> I want I was, to I, leave it. Can we change uh, it? Can the it, the can Raiders we... <laughs> came to mind for me. Because remember, the oh, Raiders okay. had Ronnie Lott. They had Roger Craig. They had Jerry, Jerry Rice. Rice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've, they, Randy Moss. Yep. Yeah. They, they've... So I, I'll still take the Raiders. Uh, heck, uh, Jimmy G, right now. Uh, I'll, I'll still take the Raiders. Devontae Adams, he's gone there to die. You know, <laughs> oh, he still got some time. Left. He wants to get off. Yeah, he wants help. Yeah, he could be like Randy Wasso, gets out of there and goes somewhere and succeeds. But yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, in defense of Brooks Titans, Richard I'm Seymour gonna... is another one. Yeah, oh yeah, they traded. They Belichick knew when he got the first round pick. Yeah. He was like, I, I, I duped them for one there. <laughs> right. take, it, take it or leave it. I do take it or leave it. Uh, Taylor Swift is, in fact, faking this because if there's one thing she needs, it's publicity. She I'm going to leave that. Publicity. Yeah, exactly. Leave the person's it. being sarcastic. The person's uh, saying, essentially, you leave true, it. Like, yeah. why would she fake this? Does she really need to glom on to an, an NFL solid. star? Like, really? She might be doing him a solid. Maybe. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just maybe. 
Hey, Maybe pal, she, she wants. You want to be famous, yeah. more famous than you already are. Yeah. Maybe Let's pretend she we're watches. Yeah. Maybe she watches the Super Bowl champs though, and says, "You know what? I can go watch the Super Bowl champs for nothing for free." Again, and something she needs less than fame is cheap tickets. Yeah, well, everybody likes that, free those cheap sweet, tickets. Those, those uh, sweet tickets aren't cheap, so no. you know. It has to be love, especially with a lot of the games that she's been watching. Who'd yeah. want to sit through some of those again? When they had, when they put out the the wedding announcements, on and the baby photos, then I'll believe it. Then there'll Until be a song. I don't. What if they go Instagram <laughs> official? I don't care. Wow. Wedding bells is the only thing that that seals it for you. And baby, he he mentioned the baby. Both. Mm. There has to be a years baby. down the road, Carrie. Holler at me. That's then. a big Kardashian thing, like uh, with Tristan and uh, uh, who's the one? Kim Courtney. Is it Courtney? Kylie. Tristan. One of them. <laughs> Wait, are you trying to Kayla. think of their significant name? others? Wait, what? no, what's her name? There's Kim, Courtney, Courtney. Chloe, the like the horse Chloe. Face? Oh, <laughs> Caitlin. Before or after Chloe. the surgery? <laughs> oh, oh, she answered. Oh, oh. You're not an ally. You just answered. No, I, you answered the question. I, I just, I was, I was putting names out there. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that, that is not meant to be offensive in any way, no. shape, form, or manner. I have a lot of respect for horses. So, <laughs> what? <laughs> Ready to just put out that line. <laughs> But anyway, just respect for having the, the, the baby around. That's all yeah. we're talking about. There's no, there's no marketing going on here with that family. No. Uh, okay, one more. Take, yes, take it or leave it. If, take it or leave it. Mizzou jumps into the top 10 if they beat Georgia in two weeks. Totally take it. 100%. Oh, yeah. If they, if yeah. they beat Georgia, then they're that probably everything. eight or nine. Yeah. Seven, maybe, depending on how everything shakes out in front of them. And I would say that Georgia will still be in front of them. Probably. Depending on how... Ooh. Bad. Yeah. I, they, I don't think Mizzou beats them bad between the hedges. I think, think like if, Mizzou's, if Mizzou's going to win, it'll be by a max of a touchdown. 20 like, to 20, 21 to 20? I think it'll have to be higher scoring than that. Really? Yeah. I, I think it'd have. To, I think Mizzou would have to put 31 on the board to beat them. You think it'll be like a, an, an 8 and 4 situation in the rankings? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Not, it wouldn't be as yeah. bad as 9 and 5. Wouldn't, they, wouldn't Georgia, drop Georgia out of the top 4? No, would they? no, no. Okay, no okay. They'll, be, they'll be fine. They could. Right. What happened? Uh, thank you very much for your text. We do appreciate them. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Shenner was named the captain about a month ago, and so far the re- returns are good on Braden Shen as the Blues captain. That's next on 101 ESPN. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're back 
to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnooks Rewards. It pays to shop at Schnooks. Download the Schnooks Rewards app today. He's the captain of the team, and, um, you know, people are going to look at what he's doing, and, and you know, he's got to lead by example first and foremost. But, you know, he, he's been around a long time, and, um, you know, he's been a good player in this league for a long time, so he understands situations that, you know, things happen. And, you know, you play a poor game at home here. And, um, you know, the, the whole thing was just to get a good response tonight, you know, and we got that. That is Chief Blues head coach Craig Berube on the heels of the Blues' victory over Pittsburgh on Saturday night. And he was talking about Braden Chen, who doesn't have a point yet, but is also taking a, a tight grip of this captaincy. And Jeremy Rutherford has a great piece up at The Athletic about just a glimpse into what Schenner is doing in communicating with people. He gets on the phone. It's not a text. It's a phone call to... Jake Neighbors on Friday night when Neighbors was going to be moved up to the second line from the fourth line. And Chenner's talking about it and saying, hey, let's let's play good. Getting him fired up, doing the communication that captains do. And one of the things that I love about hockey is that uh, unlike other sports, I know there are leadership councils in other sports, but the captain is the liaison between the coach and the players. And those are little coaching items mm-hmm. that a player can take upon himself that if Steve Ott calls, if uh, if Mike Weber calls Jake Neighbors, it's just got a different feel than if a teammate calls, right, Kerry? And oh, yeah. ha- having a leadership and uh, having the captain call you if you're a young player, 20, 21 years old, and just communicates with you and tries to calm you down, it makes a world of difference, and it seems like Shen is doing that. It means more when it comes from the teammate because, you know, at some point in their career, they've gone through that where they've been moved up or brought down or, or whatever the case may be. They they understand where you are, and if you have any questions on what does this mean or what do I need to do, and your, your teammate can tell you, hey, we trust you, we believe in you, we, we know you're going to do a great job, we want you to do this, and uh, we look forward to seeing you have this opportunity. And and like you said, that just coming from, from a peer, I told you, it – it, we care as former players and players, we care about what our coaches say, right? It matters because they are the coach. They are the ones that prepare you, put you into place. But it doesn't matter more than what your teammates think of you. If your teammates think highly of you, that carries much more weight than what the coaches can think of you. So because they know what you're going through, how you're dealing with the ins and outs, the rigors of a season. And if they are all on your same side and, and, and agreeing, agreeing with you, you feel much better. So to have that phone call come from a teammate as opposed to a coach definitely means more. And Brandon Shin has been a leader. Yeah. He's just a natural leader just watching him over the years. This isn't something new where you know he gets to see and then he takes more of a leadership and ownership role of that locker room. He's always been that guy. He's always respected who's had the C ahead of him, but he's also a voice that a lot of those guys look to. He's able to connect with younger guys, older guys, and that's something 
something that I think is hard to do in a lot of different ways, especially if you know you're there's a huge age gap. But even think about last season, Jake Neighbors lived with Braden Shin. Mm-hmm. I think at least at the beginning of the season. I don't know for how long exactly, but he made sure to bring in Jake Neighbors and he even invited him to his own wedding that Braden Shin had. And that I think says a lot about Braden Shin as a leader. And just reading through this article doesn't have a point this season, but I think the point that Jeremy Rutherford is trying to make is that there's so many other parts of the game that he's touching here. Even when you saw that practice the other day where he got into a little bit of a, you know, tiff with Jordan mm-hmm. Cairo, that is him being a leader. Craig Ruby loved it. All the players in there respected it, too. That's not something that's going to break up that locker room. It's something where that's Braden Shin being a leader and displaying like, hey, you know, I'm expecting this out of all of you guys. And he's not doing it in a way to bully. He's doing it in a way to help grow each player. And I think that's something that Braden Shin has a very unique approach at because, I mean, look. Let's face it, sometimes some guys do bully as a way to kind of get guys, push them in a certain direction. We all know that, but I think Braden Shin has a very different specific approach, and he has the respect of all those guys in the locker room. Kerry, we've always heard about first guy in, last guy out. What's mm-hmm. it mean when you you had a really good career, but I, I I don't know if Ben was. Manning was. Manning was the first guy in, last guy out. Well, what's that mean? Schenner is the longest-tenured guy. He's the captain. He's He's a veteran. You're a 21-year-old kid like Jake Neighbors. What's it mean when Braden Shen is the first guy out on the ice on Friday after that bad performance? Well, it shows you what it takes to be a, a professional, to be a pro. And if your captain is out there saying, hey, we got work to do, do boys. We got we to gotta figure out what we didn't do correctly in the last game and fix it for the next game. And so if, he, if your captain or your team leaders are the type of people that are just kind of flowing with the wind, going with the wind, whatever whatever happens and is what it is, then your team is going to be that way. But when your captain is out there, we got our butts kicked, we didn't perform well enough, and now I'm going to hold everyone account- accountable, including myself, so that we are better than everyone gets in line. You don't want to be, as a teammate, you don't want to be the guy to let the team down. You want to be the guy that everyone can depend on, rely on, because when we watch film the next day after a game and and the coach highlights you not performing to the ability that we all know you have, well, then we don't trust you. But when we see you on film giving great effort, giving maximum effort, giving more effort than may even be required in that moment, if he's going that hard, well, hell, I got to go that hard as well because I don't want to be the one, the weakest link. So, you know, yeah, your your captains, your guys that are leaders on that on that team in the clubhouse, in the locker room, in a, in a dressing room, they all have to be of the same mindset and willing to work harder than, than everyone there. And that bar has been set high for the Blues with Schenner following Ryan O'Reilly. We're, we're going to ask Chris Kerber about that because Kerbs has, a, as we all do, have a, has a great deal of respect for Ryan O'Reilly, and I'm sure Ryan O'Reilly helped Braden Shen become the leader that he is. Kerbs is with us next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's start up in the skates of Thomas. Loose puck, they score! Brandon Saad has given the Blues the first lead of their season on his first goal of the year. Two on one, Blues the other way. Saad in, shooting, score! Brandon Saad having a That, of course, is the voice of your St. Louis Blues here on 101 ESPN, Chris Kerber, who joins Brooke and Carrie and Randy right now. Good morning, Kerbs. How you doing? 
Randy, I'm good. How are you? Good. A couple of things. Let's start with this. How is Curbside going? You sent me the first edition of that, and I think it's great. If you want a, a terrific in-depth follow-up on the Blues action from the night before, just go to 101ESPN.com or the website. How are you enjoying it so far? Oh, it's been fun. You know, what? We, we take the recap from the post-game show. We uh, add the highlights. We get some reaction as well from the players and uh, got Tim Woodburn, who's a terrific personality, longtime hockey broadcaster as well, with his opinion on it. And it just gives fans a different angle on the game, and we're going to put it up the morning after every single game. And uh, you can find that on the 101 ESPN app or at 101ESPN.com. The other thing is, is do you have a go-to restaurant in Winnipeg? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> luckily, okay, luckily there's a place called the High Steakhouse, H-Y-Apostrophe-S. It's High Steakhouse. And you can get to it without having to go outside. Okay, that's good. <laughs> it's kind of important because, you know, before you pack for a road trip, like I was looking at this last night, you, uh, the weather's going to be okay in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. It's going to get down to like eight degrees when we're in Calgary. Holy I'm like, what smokes. the hell? Yeah, chance of snow, so it's already winter up there. That sounds <laughs> awful. And then you but- go to Vancouver, <laughs> which is good. Well, I'll tell you what. Now, I haven't, I haven't. Well, yeah. Then we go to Vancouver, which is good. It'll still be cooler, but that's going to be the second of a back-to-back, so we won't have a whole lot of time there. But, but yeah, you know what? To be honest with you, most of the years now, it's been ten plus or so since Winnipeg's been back in the league. I haven't done a whole lot of venturing out uh, in Winnipeg. Just a couple of times because. Hey, sometimes it gets cold enough or even the cold is like it's too cold. <laughs> <laughs> well, Curbs, luckily the Blues are going on to this road trip on a high note with a huge bounce back win this past weekend against the Penguins. To me, it was the Brandon Sod game outside of Jordan Bennington with another fantastic performance. But Brandon Sod with two goals, but just seeing how well he's starting to mesh with that top line, what have you noticed with his progression being up there with uh, Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo? Well, you got a veteran player that's won two Stanley Cups that just knows how to play the game. But what I, I, he's he's really important to the success of this team this year because he's got to play, in my opinion, meaningful minutes. And by that, I mean, yeah, yeah. look, Brandon Saad's going to get around his 20 goals every single year. It seems that's the kind of player he is. But those were impactful minutes that he played in that top line. You know, in, in I think in a perfect situation, if this team's a cup contender, Brandon Saad's probably your third-line left wing that moves up to the top six when a guy isn't going well or somebody gets hurt like's happened with Paul Lubitschnevich. But he's got an opportunity, you know, still with this year and next year left on that contract he signed with the Blues to play top six minutes every single night. And the best part is, is if he can really develop with his speed some of that chemistry with Thomas and Cairo and start making that line go, well, that gives Craig Berube an opportunity to put Pavel Buchnevich when he's back on a line with Braden Shen and Kasperi Kapanen. And, man, what I, I like the grit and the work ethic of that line. Curbs, it seemed like the, the Blues had so much more energy uh, versus the Penguins than they did against the Coyotes. Did you see that? And if so, what was the difference? It, yeah, you know what, Kerry? It wasn't an energy thing, in, in my opinion. It was just a, a system breakdown. It was the fact that they just didn't get – the puck on their stick enough to get it going. And sometimes when that snowballs against you, it's hard to recover and, and get it back. And so, you know, I, I, I don't think it was a work ethic issue. I don't think it was a, an energy factor. I just, I think the game kind of snowballed away from them and then they were chasing the game. And listen, it's a mental grind, as you know, as a former mm-hmm. athlete, when you fall behind and you fall behind in several games in a row and you feel like you're chasing the game, 
it's a lot different than they did against the Penguins by getting the lead and then building on it. So um, either way, I think it was some really good early season adversity to know that you can rediscover your game, to know that you can bounce back and not let it snowball. And that's something that was a problem last year that you hope is not an issue this year. Curbs, the Blues in the last few years have done very well with getting goals and points from their defensemen. Not so much so far this year. What is that a product of? Is it a change in system or is it individual players? Well, it's early. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think we should wait and see how this sorts out. Because you do have the goal from Stockton. You've got the goal from Pareko. Uh, part of it this year is you, well, part of it this year and last year, to be honest with you, Randy has also been the power play. So you're not getting the extra points for Tory Krug. You're not getting the extra points for Justin Falk uh, in that mix. So the power play last year wasn't good. And, and this year, obviously, it hasn't even picked up a point. So that's part of it. But to your point, for this team to be successful in the play in today's National Hockey League, you have to have active defensemen that participate in the offense. And I think last year, they just didn't have enough offensive zone time to get the puck down low and grind it out where it could happen. And this year, the zone time hasn't been very good as well. You will see more points from your defensemen when you start to have zone time and start to create chaos that opens up shot lines for them. Do you feel better about after the Saturday's game about that offensive zone time, about the potential to be able to establish that? Yeah, I still think at times this team really still looks like a rush team. But you could see that there's a, a concerted effort to, to make that happen. It was better. I don't think it's anywhere near where Craig Berube would like to see it. Um, so there's still got to be a lot of work of where you're putting the puck in. Are you chipping the puck past the defense? That gives your teammate a chance to get it. Are you rimming it to where the goalie can get it? Or are you making sure the goalie can't touch it? Things like that will add to it. But, yeah, again, I'll go back to the fact that it was a good rebound game and didn't snowball into a 2-3 game losing streak was huge. And that will continue to build some confidence. This is a hockey team that's going to have to find a way to win games three or two, two to one this year, I think. And, and part of that's going to be making sure that the other team has to defend in their own end. And that, that's something that Barubi, I think, is definitely going to be building on as the season moves along. Curbs, on this road trip outside of hopefully winning these games, what would you like to see? Is there something specifically you want to see from a player or even a unit or even with the power play? Is there something that you would like to see during this road trip the Blues accomplish? Well, you you want to see a shooting mentality on the power play. uh, And you want to see, I think, some consistent executed play from Robert Thomas. Um, you, You know, it's going to go through him on that top power play unit. The offense is going to go through him, even if it's to Jordan Tyroo you know, with the top-line minutes. So they're going to play face a, a good physical team in Winnipeg. They, then you've got some decent size defensively for, for Calgary. Uh, um, you know, and, then, and I'm not sure what the identity of the Vancouver you know, Canucks is just yet, but you're going to see the continued battle grind in night in, night out from that top line. And you've got three games in four days, Brooks. So what I think it needs to happen is if you're seeing that consistency by the time you hit Vancouver – from that top line, then you know you're seeing something there. So it's going to be a hard three games for that top line, but I'd, I'd look at the continued matchups they're getting and can they be successful. Curves, the Blues have been outshot in every single game. Do you expect that trend to continue? And if so, is that a, is that problematic? Uh, I do think it will get used to it, Kerry. I think that's what's <laughs> going to happen a lot okay. this year. Uh, problematic? No, not when you've got Jordan Bennington playing this way because a lot of shots are coming from the outside. I think it's a system where it's more about worrying about defending the middle of the ice 
within the outside part of the ice and chasing it around the boards. So, so far, I think the trend is you will give up some more shots. And talking to some of the players, they say, yeah, we'll give up a few more shots, but they'll be able to block more. They'll be able to make sure Jordan Bennington sees more of the pucks and make saves. So more of a concern is the lack of shots for the St. Louis Blues, but I would expect to see, you know, on average, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Blues this season, you know, average 31 to 33 shots on goal against. Hey, Curbs, one more thing before we let you go, and this is about Connor Bedard, more of a big-picture NHL thing. McDavid is playing at Edmonton. McKinnon is playing with the Avalanche, not a market that uh, – it's not a central NHL market. Here you have Bedard with an original six, a really popular team, and they averaged over $200 average for a ticket for his debut the other night. He scores a minute and a half into the game. This is a long way of asking, can Connor Bedard be a game-changer for this league? League, do you think because of where he plays and, and what he is? Yeah, look, I think to your point, it's going to help. It's you know as amazing as Connor McDavid is, him playing up in Edmonton uh, is not as helpful to the league as maybe a Connor Bedard, uh, a Sidney Crosby, uh, an Alex Ovechkin, and uh, Danny Malkin is uh, you know down here in the United States. So. The fact that he's in that market, the fact that he's clearly going to revive that team, the fact that the general manager made moves, I think, that'll make that team better in the immediate as well, all plays a good role in this. But, uh, yeah, I think he's definitely going to be a big help for the league. Randy, there's a ton of terrific young players in the National Hockey League, and and, and it, the league is going to continue to market well and, and, and boom right now. I think it's really important. Like Tonight's a great night. They call it the Frozen Frenzy. All 32 teams are playing tonight. I mean, it's just a cool way of doing some things to just create awareness and um, and continue to grow the, the sport. That let's face it, except for the the original six and then the, then the six expansion teams, you're talking about hockey being in most of these markets and half the league, you know, for less than than forty forty five years. So I, it, it's still got some growth to do, and and, and I think stars like that are going to go a long way, even if it isn't a great original six market like Chicago. We will be tuned in for the Blues and the Jets tomorrow night from Winnipeg. Safe travels, sir, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, you guys. Have an awesome week. Cheers. Cheers to you. That is Chris Kerber, the voice of the Blues here on 101 ESPN. And by the way, uh, the Blues, when they play Winnipeg tomorrow night, will, as we mentioned, have that 645 pregame and uh, first opportunity to see Winnipeg this year. Should be a win. Should be. A win Uh, in Winnipeg. A win, a pig. Oh, very nice. See what you did there? Yeah. Thank you. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> you guys really don't like my dad jokes, no, do you? Some we of do. them are hilarious. We do. They're one great. earlier that was uh, that was outstanding. sneaky. Yeah, it was outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, coming up here on 101 ESPN, we've got the fight. Matthew may or may not need a fighter. Let me ask him. Uh, you need a fighter? Yeah, sure. Let's go okay, fighter. you can text in if you uh, just text in the word "fight" with your name to three one four three nine 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 six four six three one four three nine nine. Yo ho! Perhaps you will fight me next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome back to the Opening Drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by the morning Brooke Grimsley. Brooke, you you care to share? You want to? There's actually some sad breaking news. Bobby, the world's oldest dog, has passed away at the age Mm. of 31. So this fight today is an honor. 217 years old. Randy, Randy, quick run in here and hit the Sarah McLaughlin sounder. (laughs) So this fight is in honor of Bobby. 
All right. Bobby will be missed. Bobby. What Dan, an accomplishment. Our fighter today is Dan. Dan, how are you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Doing Good. doing great. Doing wonderful. Are you ready to take on Randy Carriker? Yes, I am. All right, here we go. Which MLS club was the only one to beat St. Louis City multiple times in the regular season? Is the Vancouver Whitecaps, the Portland Timbers, or the Seattle Sounders? Seattle. Adoles Garcia has homered in three straight games, tying which 2011 Ranger for the second longest streak in team history? Is it Nelson Cruz, Josh Hamilton, or Mike Napoli? Nelson Cruz. With two more turnovers last night, Jalen Hurts has 10 turnovers on the season. Which division leading quarterback is the only player with more leading the league with 11? Is it Josh Allen, Desmond Ritter, or Trevor Lawrence? I believe it's Josh Allen. Final question. Patrick Mahomes has five career games with at least 400 passing yards and four passing touchdowns, tying Drew Brees for the third most in NFL history. Which multi-MVP winning passer holds the record with eight? Is it Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, or or Tom Brady? Peyton Manning. All right, we'll double-check our score, and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Dan, how you feel? Oh, not too bad. Okay, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Most people usually say not too good, so yeah. you are, you're on the right side of things, mentally at least. Yeah. We'll see, we'll see if your uh, number is enough to beat one Randy Carricker. Randy is putting his headphones on. He's uh, preparing to settle in for the fight. Randy, say hello to Dan. Dan, good morning. How you doing? Good. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We do appreciate it very much. No problem. All right, ready. What's, what's going on here? What's, what happened? I just heard the the sad news that yeah. Matthew told me. The, the the world's oldest dog passed away today. Well, Bobby. 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 I thought it was named Vladdy. Vladdy. I don't, I don't know where you're going. <laughs> oh, Randy. What? What? Did, did you say hello to Dan? <laughs> hello, Dan. Oh, you did already. Okay. All right. You ready? You ready, Randy? <laughs> I kind of like that one. Purina should have sponsored it. Go ahead. Oh, Here my we go. God. Okay, let's do it. Which MLS club was the only one to beat St. Louis City multiple times this regular season? I think, it, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the team that beat them on Saturday night 2-0. I don't think the St. Louis City SC side won in Seattle. So I'm going to go with the Seattle Sounders. Adolis Garcia has homered in three straight games, tying which 2011 Ranger for the second longest streak in team history? This is in the postseason, right? Um, okay, I, I'm going to go... I'm, I'm going to flip a coin here. Should I flip a coin or should I do the lifeline? I th- I, I'm i thinking it's either Hamilton or Beltre, and I'm going to go with Adrian Beltre. 
With two more turnovers last night, Jalen Hurts has 10 turnovers on the season, which division-leading quarterback is the only player with more, leading the league with 11? I think that is uh, division-leading quarterback. Yep. Okay. I'll do the lifeline here, big boy. Is it Josh Allen? He's not leading Desmond division. Ritter? Oh. Trevor Lawrence? Um, I will go... So this is another coin flip. Uh, is it uh, is it T Law or is it Riddy? <laughs> um, Riddy. I, 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 I think I'm going to go with. Uh, I think Desmond Ritter may have had a three interception game. I'll go with him. Final question: Patrick Holmes has five career games with at least 400 passing yards and four passing touchdowns, tying Drew Brees for the third most in NFL history. Which multi MVP winning passer holds the record with eight? Multi MVPs. Uh, can you give me the the statistic again, please? Five career ga- career games with at least 400 passing yards and four passing touchdowns. Tying Drew Brees for the third most in NFL history. Okay, again, a coin flip between Marino and Favre. But I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Favre because I don't know if Marino won multiple MVPs. I'll go with Brett Favre. Brett Favre! Sorry, Sorry, the way you said Brett Favre got me. You're You're just... The things you're saying today, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> On a fun Monday, it was a close fight today. Another 3 2 win. We're just, we haven't had many two question wins in the fight over the last two weeks. They've been extremely close. And heck, we even had one win where, like, you know, everyone got a lot of questions right and there was no winner. So we have an outright winner in today's fight. Was Dan able to take down Randy Carricker on a Monday, or does Megamind start his week off with a win? Ring. That barrel. The winner and new champion of the fight. Average Joe Listener. Congratulations, Dan. You beat Randy Carricker today 3-2 to two in the fight. Nice. Yes. I missed, the, I missed the Josh Allen one. They're not leading the division, so yes. That, 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 you were very correct. Let's go through those questions and go through those answers. Which MLS club was the only one to beat STL City SC multiple times in the regular season? It was, in fact, the Seattle Sounders. They beat them 3-0 to nil away and then 2-0 to nil here at home at City Park. Dolores Garcia has homered in three straight games, tying which 2011 Ranger for the second longest play- streak in team playoff history? And that was Nelson Cruz who put that mm. little streak together for those 2011 Rangers. He was dangerous if he was at the plate. Uh, out in the outfield, though, a little uh, liable. Randy. A little bit liable. With two more turnovers last night, Jalen Hurts has 10 turnovers on the season. By the way, he had eight last year. Which division-leading quarterback is the only player with more? The Atlanta Falcons took the division lead in their win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but their quarterback not playing that great, Desmond Ritter, with 11 turnovers so far. And Patrick Mahomes has five career games with at least 400 passing yards and four pass TDs, tying Drew Brees for the third most in NFL history. Five-time MVP winning Peyton Manning has eight Mm. of those games in his career. Dan Marino comes in Play second all the time in NFL history, and then of course Drew Brees and Pat Mahomes tied at third. Congratulations, Dan! A three-two win in today's fight. We will talk to you tomorrow when you'll have round two in your quest for the Hall of Fame. Excellent, appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Good Dan. Job, Dan. Dan with us on 101 ESPN. Coming up.
Mizzou is 7-1 and one for the first time since 2014 when they went to the SEC championship game. Does this team have the same opportunity that that team had? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Make the run here. Cook throws the deep ball down there. Caught Burden. Touchdown. Feed him, Brady Cook says. Luther Burden, one of the best in the nation. 42-yard touchdown. And Cook on the design quarterback run. First down. Touchdown. Why stop now? I mean, we got a lot of games left, and we've set up a November to remember. So it really doesn't mean anything other than we're bowl eligible. I mean, we're focused on um, the task at hand, and I think that's really been why our team has been so effective is we haven't looked ahead to anything. Everybody else is. We're not. Our, our team and our seniors have been focused on a 1-0 mentality. We need to beat the bye week. We, we need to make sure we get rested up. We need to recover, um, and then we'll figure out what we got to do in November. That's Mizzou head coach Eli Drinkwitz uh, channeling his inner Gary Pinkle. You are remembered for November. And at ESPN.com, Heather Dinich ranks the one-loss teams in the country by the best chance of making the playoff. And Heather has Mizzou at number seven right behind Penn State. She writes, why they're here. Missouri has some respectable wins against K-State and Kentucky that will grab the committee's attention. But the Tigers' best opportunities in a season-defining stretch are in November, starting with a trip to Georgia. It'll be difficult to win out, and with a week scheduled to this point, there's no margin for error. Missouri hasn't defeated any current top 25 teams, and all four non-conference games were at home. Only one, Kansas State, was a Power 5 opponent, and the committee will notice another. South Dakota is an FCS team, albeit a good one. What needs to happen to reach the CFP? Heather writes, finish as a one-loss SEC champ. The ideal scenario would be for Mizzou to face LSU in a rematch in the SEC championship game, giving it a chance to redeem its lone loss. If Mizzou were to run the table, win at Georgia, and lose a close game to Alabama in the SEC championship game, the committee would have a hard time justifying the Tigers as a top-four team because they would have lost to both Alabama and LSU, leaving doubt they were unequivocally one of the four best teams in the country. And she's got them... Ahead, Heather has Mizzou ahead of Ole Miss, Louisville, North Carolina's one-loss teams that could conceivably be in the Final Four. It's problematic to think that Mizzou could beat Georgia and win out. You've got Florida, you've got Tennessee. It's going to be, and of course, hopefully for them, an SEC championship game. It's hard to imagine that Mizzou could win all of those games. Well, this is the the year. This is the perfect timing. Everything is set up for them. Uh, you you want to be able to have the opportunity you know, and not rely on anyone else. If you win out, obviously you took care of your business. Mm-hmm. If you don't, then you got to wait on someone else to lose. So as he said, everything is in front of them and, and you have to, to take care of your bodies over this bye week. You know, it's a, it's good. It's a perfect, it's perfect timing how it all plans out, right? You go, uh, you're seven and one up until this point, you have a bye week before you play the number one team in the country. They'll be coming off of a game and, and you have an extra week to prepare for them. And so if you are able to get healthy Prepare well, you know, get all of your ducks in a row Mm -hmm. to go down to Georgia. Maybe there's a chance to win that game. But here's the thing. If Missouri would do that, and I I have no idea how the committee works, okay? But if Michigan or Ohio State is undefeated, and Florida State is undefeated, and Washington is undefeated, and Oklahoma is undefeated— if you have four undefeated teams, do you leave the SEC out of the Final Four with the SEC champion being a Missouri team that has a loss? 
Uh, I don't think you can. I think if if the SEC, eh, Michigan and Ohio State won't be both because they're going to play at the end of the year. So yeah, one, they, one of them will have a loss. So I've got Michigan, and, Michigan or Ohio State, Florida State, Washington, and Oklahoma. They could all Florida conceivably. State, Florida run State the table. looks to be the looks to be the part. So I would say yes, there. Washington looks to be the part. The way that mm-hmm. they had that big win against Oregon a couple of weeks ago. That's a, that was a huge win for them for this season. So I would say yes, there. Um, and then if you have Michigan Oklahoma. or Ohio State, yes, mm-hmm. one of those teams is going to get left out. And so, but then you have uh, Oklahoma, right? That's what 12. I'm saying. So one you, of those you, teams, either either uh, Missouri if they're a one loss team, or Oklahoma would get left out. Wow. And I think it would be hard to leave out an unbeaten team, even if the one beaten team is an SEC team. Would you think, even if they say that they do beat Georgia, you still they think it needs Georgia. to <laughs> be in a dominant fashion? Does that help with anything, especially when you're you looking go, at rankings? I think if you go on the road and win it at Georgia, it doesn't matter how much. If you win decisively, that would send a message. But I just think if Missouri would win a game at Georgia – That'd be their first loss in almost three years. If if they win by a point, I think that's a monstrous victory for Mizzou. At Georgia is the is the key. Yeah, like Georgia, you're, you're yes. going down there, and all of this is going to shake out at some point. I mean, you still have Texas, who is a one loss team that that is mm-hmm. a really good team. Oregon is still a one loss team. The question would be: Is Missouri better than if all of those teams eventually end up ten and one, eleven and one at the end of the year? Mm-hmm. Are they better? than some of the other one-loss teams, because I don't think you put them in ahead of a, a, a team that hasn't lost a game. So are they better than a one-loss team, than a one-loss Texas? Are they better than a one-loss Oregon then, at, the end of the, at the end of it? Being as pragmatic as I can, I would say no. I would agree. Yeah. Because I think on a neutral site versus Oregon, I, I, anything can happen, but mm-hmm. th- those teams are a step ahead right now. Missouri is, is a really good team. And again, this is going to be the test of the year. Going down to Georgia on the road, you have a chance to win that game if you don't turn the ball over. They had a, they, they they played really well against Georgia last year. You get down to the goal mm-hmm. line, and then mm-hmm. you have a false start penalty, and then you get three points instead of a touchdown. Those types of things can't happen. They can't happen at home, but they especially can't happen on the road. So if they take care of their business, maybe you know Georgia is sleepwalking through the game, and you get an opportunity to win that game. If both teams come and play their best, I think Georgia is the better team. But again, Missouri has everything in front of them with an opportunity to go down there and put themselves in the driver's seat for the SEC Ch- East Champions. And I'm interested to see which version of Mizzou that we're going to see. Because if you guys notice, they've kind of won these games that they have won, have won in different ways. If you look at the South Carolina game, South Carolina, not good, obviously. They're struggling, but their pass defense is terrible. But then the way that Mizzou kind of chose to run the ball more, I thought was really interesting. Mm -hmm. But it also shows how dominant they are and how confident they are in who they are. Cody Schrader is really, really good. And you had Luther Burden, too. You had um, Theo Weese, also another. I... I just thought it was very interesting how they have different tactics, different approaches. This is something that I was not expecting to see for Mizzou this season. So I'm interested to see which version of Mizzou that we'll see, especially offensively. The offensive line deserves all of the credit mm-hmm. in the world. And are, are you guys, I feel like they're trying to incorporate Norfleet more. And yes. he's not 
getting a ton of opportunities. I think there has to be a point at some point where the the six seven freshman is a, a big part of what they're trying to do, and maybe you, you've just got to find the vulnerability in the defense, and that's when you turn a guy like that loose. And Francis Howell product. He was a yeah. really good player in high school, and and mm. you knew he was going to be good at the collegiate level. So yeah, you you want to get. I mean, the best offenses. You, you know this, Randy. You watched the greatest show on turf, and what made them as potent as they were is because all five eligible receivers could get the ball at any yep. time. And you didn't know it didn't matter who got it because they were going to make a play when you're having a, a, an explosive offense, all five guys that can catch the ball do, and they're able to make a play. And so you want to make sure that everyone is incorporated in that offense. I think Kirby Moore has done a great job with how this offense has kind of turned the corner from last year to this year. Brady cook has been playing outstanding. Luther Burton has been playing outstanding. So you add more people into that offense and, and implement more more pass catchers, more people with with making you know ability to make plays. You're going to have a potent offense and 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 a t- an offense that scares the opposing defenses. And I want to add one thing. I want to congratulate Mizzou fans for showing up and selling out every game because historically I've been pretty critical. I, I I've always wondered if Mizzou fans as a group, because they're really intense fans. I, I love the Tiger Club of Greater St. Louis. I do a lot of things with them. But not everybody is as emotionally invested as I think they should be. I think we've turned that corner in the state in selling out games. It was a great crowd on Saturday against South Carolina. If the rest of the games aren't sold out, they're very close to being sold out. So credit to Desiree Reed-Francois, but credit to the people for getting out and showing up for Mizzou football, too. If you build it, they will come. I mean, the product Mm -hmm. has been better, so I think that relates to more ticket sales. And even for the basketball team, what Dennis Gates has done, I mean, that was a huge turnaround. And I know that Desiree Reed, Francois, has a lot to do with that, especially with the Dennis Gates hiring specifically. But that investment of making sure it's a product that people want to see and is exciting to see, people will come to that. And at the moment, let me just double check here. Uh, the last I saw, Mizzou had the number one class. They've, they've fallen down uh, a little bit, but their, their class is way up there, uh, according to several of the recruiting services, Dennis Gates' uh, Mizzou basketball class. All right, it is 8.57. Coming up, we've got our Rush Hour Reset here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're recapping the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. Time for the Rush Hour Reset here on 101 ESPN. It's 9.02. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Great to have you with us. Great to be here. It is. Oh, you weren't talking to us. You were talking to the everybody, everybody, everybody that's uh, tuned in on the radio. You can always download the 101 ESPN app and listen anywhere in the world. You can also go to YouTube and type in 101 ESPN STL, 101 ESPN STL on the YouTube, and watch us on our Air Alliance Team studio cam, which is is very fun. Uh, Brooke has been complaining this morning because her camera's been moving around. Has it stopped? I'm not complaining. It's yes, just it's, it's just it's moving on its own. <laughs> it has. I want to. I want to make sure. Freaked me out. That it works. It make works. Sure they get our <laughs> smiles. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a our beautiful face. Yeah, it does. It has a mind of its own. It's supposed to just stay in one spot. But like I said, the fast lane. Whenever they come in here, the camera's like pointed in so many different directions and then it my camera struggles to get back to where it should be. They move around a lot in the fast lane. Yeah. 
We've got Monday Night Football tonight, Vikings and Niners. Pre-game at 6.30, action almost at 7.30 here on 101 ESPN. But we also have, perhaps, World Series deciding baseball games. This afternoon at 4.07, the Diamondbacks are at Philadelphia. It's Merrill Kelly against Aaron Nola, who's 3-0 with a 0.96 ERA this postseason. If Philadelphia wins, they'll be on their way to the World Series for the second consecutive year. And... Tonight at 7 on Fox FS1, you've got the Rangers and Astros playing Game 7 of their series after last night's Rangers win 9-2 in Game number 6. It was quite a game for the offense for the uh, Texas Rangers. In the first inning, Jordan Alvarez singled to give Houston the lead, and you're thinking, "Uh uh-oh, here we go. But then Texas tied it in the second inning, and in the fourth, Jonah Heim put him ahead. No one pitch. Drives one the other way. Tucker's going back towards the corner at the wall. A leap and it's gone. Just over the glove of Tucker. Two home runs for the Rangers the other way. And they've taken the lead in game six. The Rangers maintained their lead. They were up 5-2 in the top of the ninth when the former Cardinal farmhand came through. Bases loaded, one gone in the ninth. Stanix one Sight set on game seven. Nine to two at that point. That was the final as the Rangers do force game seven. Here's their manager after the game. All right, you guys, let's listen up. <laughs> First of all, Max is starting. Starting. <laughs> I will I will say that the, the shot that Heim hit was not the best shot that he took of the night. I don't know if you saw Ooh. the foul tip that he hey, he, yeah. he, he almost had his own contact injury yeah. there. Fortunately for him, he probably had some protection good for him. Learned from yeah. his his previous previous people not to be uh, unprotected back there. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> You, you don't want to have Lessons that situation. Learned. So no. tonight you've got Christian Javier for Houston, and as Lou Brown said, Max Scherzer for the Rangers. I, uh, I, I really think Scherzer has to give him length. Now here's the thing: Leclerc has pitched a lot in this series. Here's my question for you guys, and the bullpen. Got a little bit of a respite last night, but not a complete respite. Nathan Evaldi threw 88 pitches last night. If you need Nathan Evaldi tonight, he's done it before. Do you bring him back with zero days rest to give you an out or an inning? If you if you need it, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that that Leclerc looked out of sorts for the first couple of at bats, uh, mm-hmm. first couple of batters, and then. Um, Dubon went up there and just started hacking away, which I thought was he should have he should have taken a pitch or two and and forced Leclerc to come into the zone and you that bothered me because I know if you get him on now it bases would have been loaded I yeah. believe and, and we saw what happened la- last yeah, game yeah just with Altuve you didn't have to swing and so he he went up there hacking away was down 0-2 and then uh, ended up getting out but if you're the Rangers I think all hands are on deck. I think I think for both teams. I think both teams, all hands are on deck. You have to win that game. Obviously, it's Game Seven, win or go home. You're playing to get to the World Series. You you everybody is uh, available if they are if they're good to go. Everything just kind of piecing together for the Rangers last night. I was saying earlier that final score. If you weren't watching the game, was not indicative of how just everything went. And you mentioned 
uh, LeClerc, and that was just a crazy situation in the eighth inning. But even before that, Spores, that situation with Jordan Alvarez, I was sweating bullets with that. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jordan Alvarez coming up in that situation, you don't know what to expect, but before LeClerc to get out of that bases loaded jam with just one out was incredible to see. And with Odolis Garcia responding with that grand slam, then he was able, Bruce Bochy was able to take out his closer and save him for this situation Mm -hmm. today. So there was a lot of different things that kind of worked out in that game, especially bullpen-wise, where it was another situation where I don't think many other managers would have had the stomach to just sit through that and really buy into those guys in those situations. Because I told you guys earlier, I was like, those are that was a situation where it was like I could imagine Andre Pallante coming out where you're going to induce the ground ball, but instead he brings out LeClerc and he's looking for strikeouts, and it, it works out. You're you're sweating for a bit, but it works out. Yeah, you you that was a that was a high uh, high level of intensity type mm-hmm. of moment right there. You you know what it means. Everyone is on on high alert, making sure that they throw the right pitches. I think the uh, the Rangers got assisted with that strikeout to, to Alvarez because the, yeah. the one ball was out of the zone. They called a strike, and so now Alvarez is trying to protect that spot, chase chase one out of the zone. So they got a little bit of assistance with that one. You know, things happen, but uh, all in all, it's a very good game. As you say, Brooke, the, the final score, not nearly indicative of what exactly took place in that game, and, you know, it's 0-0 tonight, so we'll see. And back to my question, 2001 World Series Game 6, Randy Johnson goes 7, throws 104 pitches. And then comes back the very next night, throws 17 pitches an inning and a third as the Diamondbacks won the World Series. The ability to recover may have been a little bit better in 2001 than it is in yeah, 2023. I don't think so. I think, I think it's a little more... Uh... Oh, those guys were. Yeah, they had the, oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, there was a little help. Medicine, the, yeah, the, the, yeah, the miracle we, of medicine is not yeah, um, it, it advancement. Is re- <laughs> it has regressed. <laughs> it has regressed. Or not as accessible? Is that the better yeah, way? Probably. Yeah. 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 So uh, I don't. I don't know if Nathan Evaldi has that, but also Bochi has in his history that he pitched Madison Bumgarner in a game six against Kansas City back in 2014. Uh, and then wound up pitching him in or game five, and then wound up pitching him the last five innings in game seven. So it's not beyond the realm of possibility that Bochi would try something like that as well. But this is all predicated on Max Scherzer being able to give them length or not give them length. I think the only way it's, it happens is if Ivaldi is asked to give them an inning after Scherzer only goes like three or something like that. And hopefully that won't be the case. I I want to see this be like a game how it was last night, where it was just very competitive. Ivaldi was fantastic last night. And then you're going to have Max Scherzer going against Javier. I hope that we're going to see a really good pitching matchup in this one. And for Scherzer, I just I want him to succeed, right? Like, I want to oh, see too. him do well. I want him to do better than he did in that last game. And I think that, that doesn't sit right with him. I just want a really good Game 7, and I'm expecting a lot out of Scherzer. Me should too. be a great one. Yep. Uh, Mad Bum, October 26th of 2014, throws 117 pitches in seven innings. On the 29th, so pitches on the 26th, 27th, 28th, two days of rest comes back in Game 7 and throws five innings of relief, 68 pitches on two days rest, and gets the he got the save in that game, closed it out. Five for innings? Yeah. Good for him. He went seven. No, I guess the other one was a complete game. Uh, he was amazing in his time. And baseball used him up, and he was more than happy to be used up. But, man, he was unbelievable. When In the postseason, Mad Bum was a stud. 
Yeah, uh, I'm looking at the, the numbers right now. Yeah, he pitched a complete game. So it was a complete game, two days of rest, and then comes back and throws the last five innings. Oh, my God. Yeah, pretty, that was Bob <laughs> Gibson-esque. insane. Yeah. Amazing. You don't see that anymore. That's your Rush Hour Reset here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, City is set to play on Sunday night at 9 in their first ever playoff match at the pitch at City Park. I wonder if they're going to have special playoff kits. You put it. You have a patch, a special no, playoff patch. I think your, you have a special playoff kit? patch. They did debut new playoff scarfs, which I have to say are pretty, pretty sick. Nice. Because if you wear it over, if you wear the, shar- the scarf like you could, just like mm-hmm. over your shoulder with both sides draping, the crest is split in half. And if the if the sides drape correctly, it's the full crest like on each half of the mm-hmm. of the scarf. So they Beautiful. they put out some new playoff merch yesterday at the uh, pep rally they did, and, and and yeah, it looks pretty nice. This will be the most intense sporting event in St. Louis. Probably since Game Five of the Stanley Cup Finals, Does nine p.m. on a Sunday, change that. No, I think people will be well lubricated. And yeah. yeah, and then, <laughs> okay. then and then people will uh, will take after Tim McKernan next Monday. Exactly. So oh, it's, it's, it's yeah. easy. You get your first uh, drink around eleven. Special. You get your first drink at eleven at noon. You know what? You know that's a lot. Your way back to the pew, and then you know you, you keep on going till uh, till late Sunday. Can't Sunday. drink all day unless you start early. You open it up, and then you, you keep on rolling. Yeah, well, no, that sounds good, awful. Hey, good Catholic city, baby. I don't think that so. that's the right way to do that. Our hair the dog. Our MLS team is going to be in. Great spirits when they take on either San Jose or Sporting Kansas. We're going to preview that next time, 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. The last regular season match of our historic inaugural MLS campaign. And what a journey it's been. From the moment Klaus curled home that game winner in Austin to every MLS debut. From that wicked TIFO to all the weather delays and every memorable moment here at City Park. You've been there. Every sellout, standing for 90 minutes, chanting STL with all your heart. And bringing the noise until the final whistle. You're more than just a wall of sound or the gateway to hell. You are the spirit of a new St. Louis. And this is our home. That was the video that was displayed on the big board at City Park on <laughs> Saturday night before yes! St. Louis City SC and Seattle. Carrie is... Let me tell you something. That don't take much, man. (laughs) (laughs) Just need a little bit. (laughs) Uh, The gateway to hell. We love it. Yeah, buddy. I absolutely love that. Randy, you even ripped off your shirt. You were so excited just listening to that. No doubt about it. And yeah, uh, we've got a little delay on the YouTube. St. Louis will host the first match of round one at City Park next Sunday night at nine. It'll air on FS1 also and MLS season pass. And then they'll hit the road for the second match against either. Either Sporting Kansas or against the San Jose Earthquakes. That'll be played on Sunday, November 5th at 4 o'clock St. Louis time. And if there's a third match, we will host on Saturday, November 11th at 5. I would prefer just to vanquish Sporting Kansas in two matches. Get them out of there. And you know what? They're Over in Kansas, they're focused on football right now, right? 
So we can go over there. That's actually Kansas City. But it's the same general populace that would be attending games. What I'm saying is that we can take over. Uh, St. Louis City SC fans can take over their little cute stadium. (laughs) Their little cute stadium. I like that. (laughs) Any other digs that we can throw towards their way? Uh, well, our barbecue's better. Their little cute stadium that's in a different state yeah, than right. their the, the, the offices for the team. Yeah. Like I, I remember, I remember, you know, when I when I looked at a real team and I was like, oh, hey, there's their administrative offices and there's their stadium, like right in like a five minute drive of each other instead of in a different state. I can say this because I am a connoisseur. Mm-hmm. St. Louis barbecue is better than Kansas City barbecue. Yeah, I would agree. Get him, Randy. All due respect. To what Gates Barbecue and uh, this the spicy stuff that they got over there, it's uh, they've got it's it's not bad. It's it, not it bad. Ain't, it ain't great. Ours is just way better. I agree. What is what is Kansas City style barbecue? How do you describe it? Um, what they want to do, and I, I kind of get it. And people there <laughs> like it. clearly, people there like it. If you look at like a royal typical royals game you'll notice that uh, they they eat a lot of barbecue um but <laughs> i it's just that uh, it's they, they want to burn your taste buds off oh so like very very spicy yeah so that you really don't taste it is like nashville ah. hot chicken mm-hmm. like that kind oh, of no, spicy no no this is like this is like all their barbecue like they uh, you put a kansas city style sauce on a, a piece of brisket you say why did we put it on a piece of brisket went out on a cu- piece of cardboard <laughs> Ah. Oh my God. And if it's a good brisket, yeah. you don't have to hide it. <laughs> right, exactly. And sauce. <laughs> so, and I say this with all due respect to, all due to Kansas respect. barbecue. Oh, of course. Uh, we, but our, ours is better. And our, our, our soccer history, I've, can you believe that somebody would have the audacity to claim, especially them, that they're the soccer capital? Shit, give me a break. Yeah. We are the soccer capital of America. I agree. <laughs> how, many, how many players did they have in the 1950 U.S. World Cup team that beat yeah, England? Probably zero. Zero. How yep. many did we have? Half the team. There you go. There you go. Okay. They don't have that going on. They don't. I, we need this to Kansas happen. City Comets. And I think we cleaned up on the Kansas City Comets, too, <laughs> when the steamers were in business. <laughs> I like the steamers. Yeah. Well, the steamers were awesome. Good. It was great. They're, they're but this is even better. Again. Hmm? Yeah. Comets are good again. So, are they? Yeah. Mm. The only Kansas Comet I recognize it's, it's is really annoying. Gale Sayers. Ruins oh. my winter and spring every time. Okay, well. It's the only Comet uh, I know from Kansas. Yeah. Gale. Kansas Comet. Damn right. Gale Sayers. It's the only one we recognize here. Yep. He was pretty good. Yep. Yeah, and don't worry about that because we're in the, uh, well, all due respect again, is it still the MISL? Uh, MLS. Uh, no, 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 yeah, sorry, no, MISL, yeah, my bad. I'm, okay, for I'm, the comments. No, wait, I think we're paying yes. more attention to something MASL, else. MASL. Mm-hmm. MASL. It's a major uh, Major arena American league. Soccer League. Arena, mm. I think is the Okay, name. Major Arena Soccer League. Anyway, St. <laughs> uh, Louis City SC finished top of the West, 17, 12, and 5, and that would be 17 victories, 12 draws, 5 Ls, uh, 56 points, 62 goals, 45 against, and a plus 17 goal differential. They were 11-4-2 at home, 6-8-3 on the road, and this is another big thing. They finished with the fourth best record in the league. So when we play in the finals, there's a chance that the home pitch advantage could go to the Eastern Conference representative. See this this is this is the problem sometimes with with uh, with with soccer. So this is this is an, an official release from the MLS, and mm-hmm. they put they put losses second, 
Whereas other publications like to put losses in the middle and confuse my guy, Randy Carricker. Yeah, they do. And I'm sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> so we, we lost a dozen times. <laughs> we lost a dozen times, yes. <laughs> okay, 17, 12, and 5. <laughs> the dumbest thing in the world. They're just, like, they're just like, well, let's just throw draws and losses at different points in the rankings. It, it, it's confusing. Well, somebody else, I think ESPN might do it exactly. the other way. Yes, exactly. No, no, There's no uniformity. Totally makes it's the dumbest thing in the world. A lot of sense. My biggest thing is that I noticed from this past weekend, one, you're wrapping up the regular season, and I think that maybe some of the frustration I was seeing on social media, and Rock, I know that you were there, is that people were hoping that they would end things on a little bit of a higher note going to the playoffs because they are healthy. They didn't have anybody out, right? There no, was absolutely nobody healthy. out. So I think that people were hoping that this would be kind of a performance where you could go on a high note into the playoffs, especially towards the end here. I wouldn't say necessarily sputtering, but maybe a little bit of a difference. Is that just the guys still kind of coming together from health, from a health standpoint, I, I, I think Seattle's just a really good team. I think they played a bad. I think they played a bad game in Vancouver. It's poor timing, but you're going to focus on it because of when the timing is. I do want to say yesterday, based on Cornell's comments from the post game, it seems like the top eleven, the best eleven man squad, would include Indiana Vasilev mm-hmm. over somebody. I'm not sure if it's over Nowinski or Akil Watts because he was making comments in the post game saying that that was the probably one... Akil Watts because was Watts taken out of the. Yeah, he was can, subbed out. He was subbed out, but you can shift Watts to the to right back instead of Nowinski. So I'm not sure which one of those is going to mm-hmm. take is going to take the, the thing. But in the in the post game comments, Carnell made a comment that um, because Vasilev played with the United States men's national team, he was not in, in full fitness. So that did maybe change their lineup. But that's not a huge thing. That's that's one slight injury. A guy who was able to play 45 minutes beyond that. But still, I just think they 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 got caught both times. You know, playing a style that is risky, and sometimes the the risk bites you. Normally, it's it's going to win you 17 games, but 12 times it's it's going to you know it's going to bite you the other way. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to play the exact style they played the last two months of this season, where they're playing Marcanic at left back and they're playing whoever it is at right back, and those guys are almost playing like they're wingers with how high up they're playing consistently. That's how you got beat for the first Seattle goal is you didn't have anybody on the left side covering your flank and they overloaded that side and they beat you, you know, with, with a cross to the middle and and that's that's, you know, that sucks, but that's how you're going to get beat if you're the, if you're City. So it's one of those things where it's like that's how you're going to win games. So when it bites you in the ass and that's how you lose games, you kind of just got to throw up your hands and say that's that's how that's how soccer go. What did you think about Nielsen's performance? He's a monster. I mean, he's changed the way this defense works. He's the reason why I think they've changed their system and are so confident in sending both of their fullbacks completely up the flank offensively because they say, we have Parker and we have Nielsen, and those guys are going to shut down almost any attack. But sometimes you're, you're, you know, they're, they're going to get five guys and numbers are numbers are you know kind of play against you in soccer. If they, if they have five guys and you have three, they're going to score some goals. The... Super Bowl champion 1999 St. Louis Rams had home field wrapped up when they played in Philadelphia mm-hmm. in the final game of the 99 season. And they got outscored 24-14 down the stretch, January 2nd of 2000, uh, because it just wasn't there, yeah. right? You've got everything wrapped up. There's really nothing to play for. And then they went on and they put a 47 spot on uh, Minnesota. For, yeah, for, they weren't. Right? So it's... You, you, I think if you have everything last wrapped up at the end of a season, even if you do have your full complement of players yeah. in there, you have a tendency just to let up a little bit. I, I agree, and I think you, as a coach, kind of you want to make sure everybody gets out clean. No mm-hmm. one has any injuries. No one gets gets tackled or slid into aggressively and, and have an ankle injury. You just want to make sure you're all healthy and ready to roll for uh, for the playoffs. Yeah. Oh. So 
we'll be ready. We'll be ready for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, they, and they knew when they touched. I mean, again, they were they were playing for supporter shield standings, which again, I, I don't expect players to have the mindset. Well, well, if we make it to the MLS Cup, because I don't want I don't want players to be thinking three rounds ahead. That's the that's the group I want thinking only one round. So they're not going to be thinking. Well, it's a big difference if we have fourth in supporter shield instead of third. Players aren't thinking that. So their mindset in that game is completely different from fans. Okay, let's go around the table. Aside from Berkey, you can't use Berkey. Most influential player, X-Factor for St. Louis City SC in the playoffs. Brooke? Leuven. I'm going Leuven. I'm going Klaus. I was going to go Leuven also. I think Leuven is just really the heartbeat of this team in so many different ways. And really also accounts for, if you're talking about Klaus, you need Leuven. Uh, I, I honestly think that the, the the splash player on this team is Az Jackson, and he's he's the you know pick you know pick the scrappy guy who isn't a starter for whatever championship you know or good Blues or Cardinals team you want to. That's what Az Jackson. He's gonna he's gonna have like two or three goals across some of these games, and you're just be like, that's the guy who's getting a game winning goal, not Luvin, not Klaus, not even a Denneran. Az Jackson is gonna be huge. If you want to get to this time of year and keep rolling, you want to have a reliable mechanic. You, oh. you got to keep it there keep you go. Keep yourself keep, in order. Keep, keep the your, wheels on that bus. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> keep the wheels on that bus. Randy, I got I to ask. Today, you, you said a lot of funny, uh, you've had a lot of good puns, you've had a lot of good jokes. Do you have a personal favorite from your day so far? Which was I your do. best one? I don't, I I don't do. even remember. I do. I don't even remember do. him. Yeah, I do too. We're just not going to talk about that one. <laughs> had to do with Max Scherzer's eye. Yeah, yeah. Hetero, yeah. Max Scherzer's heterochromia. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like a husky. He's that's got, that's he's all got we're different colored eyes. Huh? Child, uh-huh. make sure it's heterochromy. Uh, yeah. uh, coming up on 101 ESPN, Chris Kerber had uh, some things that he said that kind of alarmed the crew. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. I do think it will get used to it, Terry. I think that's what's going to happen a lot <laughs> okay. this year. Problematic? No, not when you've got Jordan Bennington playing this way because a lot great. of shots are coming from the outside. I think it's a system where it's more about worrying about defending the middle of the ice than the outside part of the ice and chasing it around the boards. So, so far, I think the trend is you will give up some more shots. And talking to some of the players, they say, yeah, we'll give up a few more shots, but they'll be able to block more. They'll be able to make sure Jordan Bennington sees more of the putts and make saves. So more of a concern is the lack of shots for the St. Louis Blues, but I would expect to see, you know, on average, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Blues this season, you know, average 31 to 33 shots on goal against. That's the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber, earlier today here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. And I'm just going to try to apply some logic. And I don't disagree with what Kerb says is that in that, you have a much better chance of making a save if you can see the puck. Mm-hmm. And there mm-hmm. were many opportunities that the opposition had last year where Jordan Bennington didn't have a chance. That being said, the more shots that are taken at a goalie, the more that have the opportunity to go in. We're asking Jordan Bennington to be, even if he can see the puck, nearly perfect, especially if the Blues are going to be as deficient offensively as they've shown to be in the first four games of the season. And that's what concerns me a little bit is Jordan Bennington is fantastic. He's talented. He's a Stanley Cup champ. But to continually to put him in that position, 
eventually stuff's going to go in, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that with this new defensive system change, they understand they're going to give opponents a lot of possession time, which means shots from the outside, but still, eventually stuff is going to go in. Jordan Bennington shouldn't have to have that much pressure. He's always going to face pressure. He's an NHL goalie, and he's their number one goalie for a reason, but I don't think he should have to be under that much pressure all the time. I think about what Connor Ingram said. Remember what he said after the Blues lost to the Coyotes? Mm-hmm. He was like... It was easy for me. Do you think that just maybe a couple of times for Jordan Bennington, it could be a game like that for him where he's not having to stand on his head every single game in order for them to win? It shouldn't just this season should not just be all on Jordan Bennington having to stand on his head for them to be successful and to get wins. Yeah, I think, I mean, it could be a little bit concerning. That many shots, as we said before, eventually some of them are going to go in and, and, you are there's an expectation that Jordan Bennington is going to play. He's been playing outstanding. His his three starts this year have been lights out. I mm-hmm. thought he has played great in each one of those games that he's played in. Hofer didn't have I don't think did as good of a job against the Coyotes, but there again there he was facing a lot of shots. Um, but I think it is a little bit concerning in my in my opinion because you know if you're giving up that many shots and not getting as many shots on goal as your opponent, it makes life a lot easier for the opposing team. So. You know, hopefully they can – and then also I, I know that this this is the game plan. That's the scheme. We're going to block shots. But you also run the risk of injury to some of your guys because they're going to be standing in front of those shots. And, yes. and that's yeah. – uh, Jamie has said it. Sometimes that puck finds – it finds a way to get to the places that aren't padded. So, you know, you have ankle injuries, you have legs, shins, whatever the case may be uh, that are getting injured. So, you know, I hope it, it turns around. I hope they do play – better offensively and can uh, get more shots on the goal. Maybe that'll alleviate some of the shots they're taking uh, on the opposite end, but, you know, we'll see. It's it's the style of defense that they've gone to choose for this season, which, hey, if we're being honest, it's much better than what we saw last year so far, mm-hmm. minus the Coyotes game where they, they allow six goals. This defense has been much better than what we've seen in the past, uh, despite giving up a lot of shots. And when you talk about the other end of the ice, we can't dismiss the the fact that, and it is a fact, since Pavel Buchnevich came to the Blues, when he's played, he's been more than a point-a-game guy. That is, whether on assisting on a goal or scoring a goal, he has provided the Blues more or about a, a goal a game. And that's a huge – look at the Blues' first couple of games. They both went to shootout. If you get the, that goal, you win a couple in regulation right, right. off the bat. Uh, the other night, obviously, you were in good shape. I don't know if he would have helped much against the Arizona. But my point is, is that – if you're going to be allowing a lot of shots, right now they don't have a high-flying offense. I think it has a chance to take off a little bit more if, if Pavel Buchnevich is hale and hearty and healthy and ready to go. And he's a big part of forechecking with that line, and that's something that yeah. you're missing. Brandon Saad, though, that was a really, really good game from him. The two goals, obviously, but he adds a lot to that line. They kept talking about the sneaky speed that he displays, and you were able to see that. And he's not afraid to get to the net. That's just a big thing for me, just getting to net. I want to see some aggressiveness. And I think something else that Curb said where he was talking about the power play, seeing Robert Thomas kind of take on that role a little bit more there, because the power play does have to come along, especially that unit. Yeah, and they haven't scored a goal yet. I wonder where that comes from now. I don't... uh, It comes from Robert Thomas? Hopefully. That's what Curbs is saying. Come on, Bobby Tommy. Let's pick it up. <laughs> Bobby Tommy. Bobby Tommy. But, uh, I, I don't think it's for lack of talent. Do you guys? It, uh, there, no. There's plenty of talent on the Blues power play for it to be successful and to have not have a power play goal. No. 
there's a lot of circumstances that are that go into this, but to not have a power play goal through four games is kind of unusual. That's concerning. Yeah. And and then you talk about at one point that the number of shots that they're even getting it, it just. Mm-hmm. It's concerning when you have a man advantage and you don't score a goal or, or don't get many shots on goal. That that to me, I mean, the shots on goal that they're that they're giving up and then the the number of attempts that they're getting on a power play is concerning so far this season. Here's the road trip for you. The Blues at Winnipeg tomorrow night, six forty five pregame here on one hundred one ESPN. Then Thursday they're at Calgary, and that's a seven o'clock pregame. And then Friday the Blues are at Vancouver with an eight o'clock pregame here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to head down the stretch of this edition of the opening drive with a little rock and roll. Are we going to give away a ticket or two? Metallica is coming to town. And we've got Metallica tickets. Metallica tickets. (laughs) Metallic tickets for Metallica. On 101 ESPN. (laughs) You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. All right, time for Rock and Roll here on 101 ESPN. Matthew, what do you got for us? We have some tickets to give away, Randy. Love it. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, we have your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Metallica next Sunday night, November 5th, at the Dome at America's Center, playing a huge no-repeat weekend next Friday and Sunday with two different sets and two different opening acts. There are two night tickets and single show tickets that are both on sale now. Get all the details and find a bonus chance to win a pair of free tickets for Metallica now at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 mobile app. But right now you can text in and you can win free tickets now by just participating in our game. The text line number 314-399-9646-314-399. Yo-ho! Here on 101 ESPN. (sighs) Hey, Carrie, what'd you pull out of the grab bag? Beer brands. Ooh. Oh, interesting. There we go. I'm not a beer drinker, but I know some beers. Well, there you go. I mean, just not a lot. Culturally, though. you watch football, don't you? Yeah. You watch bas- basketball? Sure. All right, well, then you should be able to name a few, at least a few, just based yeah. on, you know, just uh, osmosis. I figured it out. <laughs> so let's get your guesses in. How many beer brands can Carrie Davis name, who's not a beer drinker, can Carrie Davis name in 30 seconds? Carrie, do you have a guess for yourself? Uh, nope, I don't want to give anybody any uh, indication. You said I, I didn't do well last time, so I'm going to keep my thoughts to You myself. guessed one <laughs> player only one on a United matter. States I team Josh. that was used <laughs> in a major tournament. Josh. Did that team win? Did that team win? They lost in the semifinals. <laughs> well, then I guess Can, nobody either, else knew them. Canada either. or Germany? I've already forgotten. Exactly. It was one of the two. There you go. All right. Well, we have some guesses in here on the text line. So, Kerry Davis, you're gonna have 30 seconds to name as many beer brands as you can. Are you ready, I'm Super ready. Bowl champion Kerry Davis? Yes. All right, go. Michelob, Michelob Ultra, Bud Light, Bud Light, Bud, Bud Light, Bush, uh, Blue Moon, um, Natural, Old Natural, Natural Light, Natty Light, Corona, Heineken. Hey, Coors, Coors, Coors Light, Coors. Bush, did I say Bush? Bud Light. Uh, I'm from St. Louis. Brewers fan. Brewers, br- brew, uh, 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 the Brewers, brew crew. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
The Brewers. He got a Miguelo, but he did not get Miller. My count on that one was 14 by Kerry Davis. You were saying him a lot. I thought you, you, you said a couple I, I probably said a, a couple few times, twice, but yeah. 14, <laughs> one every two seconds. That's, that's a pretty a good rate no I, matter what we're doing. I do have to point something out, though. So if you're saying beer brands, then if you say Natty and Natty Light, yeah. those are... Is that is that two separate things? Yeah, okay, okay. We'll, we'll, just checking. We'll I'm, we'll just saying. I'm just saying. Actually, here's the thing though. Is there is there does, is there a net? Is there a, is there a regular oh, natural? natural? I think so. God, I didn't even think, I think there I, is. I thought there was only yeah. natural light, honestly. Yeah. Why would it be I gave you both light. Hey, I gave you both natural <laughs> yeah, and natural, natural light. And I'm proud of you. You didn't say <laughs> natural. natural. You didn't say natty ice, which tells me you were at a different level than I was in college. No, I didn't I didn't say butt ice either. That's <laughs> true, <laughs> you didn't say butt ice either. Which, again, tells me you were operating a very different level than I was in college. And that was a better level. Yeah. So we had 14 for Kerry Davis, and we had... We had a lot of guesses, including a couple who hit right there on the 14. So looks like somebody won some Metallica tickets. Congrats. Nice. Good job. Uh, I really hope the uh, 80s hair bands is in there. Oh, <laughs> oh that'll be fun. I know. <laughs> because the very first time we were making this list, I think we were giving away tickets to... Uh, it wasn't Aerosmith, but it was, a, it was it was a band like that, and I was and somebody threw out '80s hair bands. And I'm like, I want somebody to pull that one out there because that's a ridiculous one. Um, speaking of ridiculous things that happened over the weekend, let's flash back to Saturday when Mizzou had that big win against South Carolina. Because as you guys know, there's some renovations going on. There's some renovations planned for Mizzou. By the way, in the pregame, Desiree Reed Francois did confirm on the Missouri pregame show that despite the renovations, the Block M or the Rock M at Faro Field will be staying no matter what happens with the renovations. Ooh. So. So congratulations there, just Desiree Reed Francois. And because of those changes, um, and, and you know, there was some some ideas thrown out about those changes. In fact, Shane Beamer, head coach of South Carolina, he even threw out some ideas on how you can make Furrow Field just a little bit better. I think he was being constructive here. Hopefully, with all the expansion and facility projects they're doing here, we can maybe find a better post-game press conference room with that new development that they're doing out here. <laughs> See, it's, I'm glad that he's focusing on the important things things is when you get drugged by three touchdowns you just give a you, you give the other program a little bit of advice like hey just make a little bit better of an interview you don't room. Wanna, you that's don't very sit thoughtful in of shane beamer you don't want to sit in the closet after you just got beat down i can tell you that much who's the team that has their uh locker room painted pink iowa, iowa. yeah okay get over it you know what it, it, it's a it's a weird thing too like it's a it's a like, strange it's a small interview room because you're the away team Oh no! Well, some 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 it. teams actually treat their visitors very well. I the Denver Broncos. Their locker room, their visitors' locker room is the at least when I was playing. Carrie, the they're trying best to they're trying to suffocate room. you when you play there. Of course, no. they're gonna be nice to you. No, no, no. The Denver Broncos do it right. Yeah, they 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 know you need all that room to try to figure out how to breathe in that place. Get your air tanks in. Oh Do you know God. the only one that was noticeably small to me is the Colorado Avalanche. So I remember their visitors, like media room, was like it, it felt like a closet. The coyotes is pretty small too. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> but I just remember their media room was so tiny; it felt like it was a closet. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I, I, I think Shane Beamer felt that way about South Carolina. He Maybe he wants to, to worry by, about other things. By the time that uh, Mizzou finishes their expansion, he's not going to have to worry about it. <laughs> no, he's, <laughs> he's had some issues. He was so he broke. He uh, said that he broke something in his foot when he kicked something after the Florida game. So Shane Beamer, maybe Do you bottle some that? of that up. Do you not get that? You bottle some of that up. Kicked something when you, when you lose a game. Yeah, that's never happened. I have. <laughs> I have. I have. I have. Not a puppy. No. Oh, please, no puppy. Well, 
What if I have a really yeah. bad pitching game? So I, I totally get it. I, I get blackout rage. I, I, I try not to. I've been there already. And, and there, when you break <laughs> something, that means you have to fix it. So you just kind of mm-hmm. just take deep breaths and think about all of the things that could have gone differently in that game. Yeah. And wonder why the hell your players don't listen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh so, okay. For those that are uh, have, uh, are just newly initiated to uh, the opening drive, tell the computer story, will you, Uncle Kerry? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so last year we, uh, we we took a tough loss to uh, Luther North. It was it was a twenty, I think twenty four to twelve, something like that. It, we we lost by a touchdown or ten points, something something along those lines. And we were watching film, and I asked one of my receivers. Uh, I had asked this question multiple times during the meeting. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And the answer that I got wasn't sufficient. And so, <laughs> computer, meet fist. Computer broke. <laughs> you all go home. Get away. It's over. <laughs> right, that's, uh, but I made sure that I have th- this new. This computer was brand new. Mm-hmm. You just needed Bought a it. new one. I did need a new one, but I didn't need to break the one that I had in the manner in which I did. So, I was uh, very frustrated, to say the least. And... The kids kind of looked at me like I was crazy. Man, it's you a know, good thing. You all should go home now. So, <laughs> we don't have any more film See, to watch. At, Film's broke. At least you had a method to your madness, yeah. and there was a motivation for you. When I was sitting on the phone with a horrible <laughs> customer service person in my car, <laughs> punching out my phone, oh my there God. really wasn't nearly the level of motivation available to me. That there was the only motivation was this damn phone isn't going to work anymore. Andy, that was. It was bad. I can't say that I've had. I think maybe that's more of a male experience thing. Blackout rage is a real thing. It is. No, no, I've, I've, I've definitely seen blackout rage from, from a woman before. <laughs> <laughs> you don't do your chores at the Rocky House, and you're going to see it. Um, one thing is, speaking of frustration, a lot of City fans very angry about the 9, uh, nine o'clock start time on Sunday uh, evening. Here's the thing. You're a Western Conference team. Mm-hmm. You're all Blues fans as well, so I mean, I'm not sure why you're not used to this at this point. Um, so the Eastern Conference game starts at 7:30, so the Western Conference games don't start till nine. And why, why, Randy, would the MLS not start their playoff games on a Sunday night until 7:30 p.m.? I can't quite figure out a reason mm, why football. you would start your little, games little so late on a Sunday, but then on Saturday, a week later, you have a 5 p.m. game. Hmm. Hmm. A little football, hmm. trying not yeah, to yeah. compete. Hmm. Makes well, sense. You're still going to be trying to compete, right? Yeah. I wonder well, what the Sunday yeah, night they can't is. schedule anything good on prime time. Yeah, well, no. Monday, Thursday, they're pretty yeah. good. So I'm not, I'd be more bothered by it if I were a city fan out east. But it is what it is. Just you know, throw a party, have a, have fun, stay up, yeah, take Late the day night. off on Monday. It'll be great. And you know what? <laughs> if San Jose wins, San Jose will be really happy. There you go. It's seven o'clock their time. So at least somebody will be happy. At least somebody will be happy. And this is, this is why I'm, I'm, I'm going to start a new petition. If everyone's so angry, fine, I'll start a new petition. We should go around and start calling ourselves the Mideast. Get out of these Western conferences. Yeah, I don't think that's a smart thing. No. 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 Dang it. You might be yeah. on your own on that. we got to get out of these Western conferences, Randy. Mideast. i got to sleep. Sounds like medieval. It's just, it's Ohio. That's what Ohio should be. They're not the Midwest. Mideast? We're the Mideast. Yeah, I think... Where's Cincinnati playing? They're, pl- they're starting their game at 7.30 Eastern. We're all in the Central. Why don't we just have three divisions? Like everybody else, or four. 
You just broke my soccer-loving brain. Less <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, speechless. Sorry about that. Great job today <laughs> by our producer, audio engineer, Matthew Rocky. We'll have an answer for us tomorrow, I'm sure. <laughs> first time ever. You left, you left Rocky off speeches. Oh. We need to mark this date down. <laughs> that was a low blow. That was uncalled for. <laughs> you son um, of a... Brooke, wasn't this Monday fun? Yeah. How about that? How about that? How about that? How about that? CD. We want to see your face. Who's saying that? You want to see my face? Uh, T Mac and Ajax coming up. By the way, did we get a winner for our uh, tickets? Yes, we did. Okay, good. I'm glad we got a winner. Chris Jackson, congratulations for winning. Got to go, Chris Jackson. From Jackson, Missouri. Great job as George Washington in Hamilton. Uh, (laughs) Throwing that out there. Uh, We thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. T Mac and Ajax with the balloon party coming up for all of us until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great Monday, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.